I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2019. Boy, y'all loud than the motherfucker right there. I, I, I miss Wakanda, though. It's I know. The group. I, do. I still it's, say Wakanda when y'all say yeah. 2019. It's the group. It's the group. <laughs> it's all good. Wakanda forever. Y'all know how we're doing on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Lisa Bolakaja is out today, but... She's avoiding me. I know. Like. Every time I show up, no Lisa. <laughs> what I do, Lisa... <laughs> You've seen her before, though, right? I, I mean, she's real. I, see, I don't know that. It could have been actress. I don't know that. <laughs> I mean, it said she was Lisa uh, Bolakaja. I don't know. I, I've heard there's a woman who uses the name Lisa Bolakaja. Right. That right. might be, you know, a figment of my imagination. What's up, Jashani? <laughs> we have a mass hypnosis going on here. Whatever y'all. <laughs> Thank you, I know she's. I know there's a person who claimed to be Lisa, but I also haven't seen her in a while. Exactly. So it could maybe you fired the actress. You can't find a new one that really matches the look. I don't know. I knew it was fiction because it was a black girl that surfed, listened, watched sci-fi. This is some bullshit. Yeah, they're just making. I knew it. Making shit up. Talking about who's gonna believe that? Right. right. It's two on the nose. Vampire. Right. That's all. Two on the nose. Like, I don't believe it. Right. No, no, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. But y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. I'm talking my fool, y'all. Um, <coughs> so, y'all know how we do it. We got my man on the show, Carl Seaton. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Writer himself. Hey, hey, hey. Happy to be back. Thank mm-hmm. you. We call him Mr. Episode now. Look. <laughs> I know. I'm just, trying I know. To, I'm just trying to work, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to work. Just trying to work. Lock that work. down. From what I've heard. That's the vibe. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. I'm just hit nose <laughs> to the ground. Just enjoying the process, right. brother. That's all. Just enjoy Trying the process. Yes. And then we got, of course, Big Bro in the house. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. Executive Producer, Mr. Pimp Dog. Please, please don't give me titles I have not got yet. <laughs> they don't know. I'm trying to be co They don't right. know yet. Own it. Just own it, man. If you don't know, <laughs> stand in your know. truth. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen to him, man. Universe, Aim listen for. Listen you, to you, you have to claim your truth. Or like a writer producer. Claim your truth. Well, I'll, I'll be running a network if I claim my full truth because okay, somebody needs to straighten some exactly. of these folks out. Author, all yeah. kinds yeah, of okay, shit. Okay, that's real. I can take that. <laughs> You're like, I didn't write. I wrote six, seven books. I'm yeah, good. I'm good with that. Jeffrey Thorne, everybody. What's hey, up, folks, man? I'm back. <clears throat> Hello. Of course. I'm just a cool, happy Sunday meeting okay. some people. Jeff, do you remember the show Underdog? The yes. cartoon Underdog? Yes. 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 You remember, the, the, remember the, the fairy tale vignette? Yes, yes. The guy whose voice? Yeah. 
As you what? Were. Stop it. Uh, yeah. People keep telling me that. Yeah. I think as I've gotten older, they didn't have these fairy tale vignettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was always a narrator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Fractured, yeah. fractured fairy tales. Yes, fractured yes, fairy yes, tales. Yes, exactly, yes, yeah. Yes. 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 I went a little far back. Did you come from D.C.? Polly Pure No, Chicago. Okay. What was it? Polly Pure Polly Pure Hearts. Polly Pure Hearts. What's your boy's name? What's his name when he went? When Underdog was an underdog. Yeah, Shoeshine Boy. Shoeshine Boy. Oh, my God. Ernie? Shoeshine Was it Ernie? No, it was Shoeshine Boy. Boy. Oh, just boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He get that nickel, bite it. All right, I'm all right. No, I'm that's too, right. That's back childhood. <laughs> we're back decade. That's inspiration, man. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. yeah. What is it? Um, I don't let's see. I'll go off on a tangent. So let's exactly. not go there. Then we got my man Chris Derrick in the house. What's up, Chris? How you doing? Uh, <laughs> I ain't gonna say. <clears throat> wow, Hilliard had to literally uh, shut us down to start this show. And yeah, man. Wow. Chris is being all quiet. That is not Chris being quiet. No, because, because we want to say, I'm gonna save it so we get into the discussion. Okay. We had to hold him down and bring him to the chair. He was so busy. Exactly. Uh, here you go. Thank you, sir. Colin here sweating like it's hot in here. Hey, you know, it's warm. It's warm. <laughs> in the room. I yeah. tend to like it stuffy, so I no, but, but, but I will say this. Mm-hmm. I'm loving the Criterion Channel subscription oh, service. Mm-hmm. I might even have to get rid of my Netflix thing <gasps> and just put it on when I want to watch a show. Oh. Because there's so much dope shit on the fucking Criterion Channel. Gasp. That <clears throat> it's like, it's, I don't know where to begin. You know, so last night I watched, you know, there's this great fucking Japanese director named um, Senjin Suzuki. Mm. And I remember seeing this movie that he wrote and directed a long time ago called Tokyo Drifter. Oh, okay. It's such a fucking fantastic movie. But he has this this other movie on last night that I wanted to see, but I always kept missing the DVD. uh, The DVD is called Youth of the Beast. Mm, Good title. And it's this fucking, it's one of these great... Uh, it fe- it's it's sort of like in the same realm of like Yojimbo okay. and um, uh, what's it for a few hours more right okay oh um, the, the, yeah yeah the, yeah the for a few hours more uh, is that what it's called yeah yeah no it's fistful of hours fistful of hours fistful of hours but it's set with it's set in the so night multi- okay. And there's, two, there's two gangs <laughs> and there's a guy who's trying to put the two gangs against each other so we've seen that story but you know but it's but the yakuza is in the 60s and it's like that swinging hit period of the 60s in in Japan in Japan nice you know and it's just like what the so fuck like clean dude? suits clean and suits the, oh, and, man. And, the, it's, and the production design just killing it it's just I was like this motherfucker is just so on it with and um Japan is it's crazy crazy and, and the shit they do is it, yeah, you know it's like because you know the whole thing with the fingers and they gotta cut your finger off and you fuck up or get stab your finger it will shoot your finger it's just like it's I just these little touches that aren't American that are just yeah. dope, just fucking. I don't dope. really like anything. I don't want to commit to anything enough. Where if I mess up, they cut off something. <laughs> yeah, not, I don't love anything yeah. that much. Yeah, I don't think I even love my wife that much. <laughs> <laughs> like you ain't cutting nothing off me if I it's, make a it mistake. It was such a wild ass movie, <laughs> okay. and I'm just like, this is the kind of shit that, um, you know, that there's like a restored, a super restored version of the kid, the Charlie Chaplin movie. Get out. Which this is the thing that I think, and there's a great version of Eight and a Half on there too. And I think this people don't understand is that 
you know, back when I first saw these movies, you know, these are VHS prints and stuff like that, and they're just these scans off of bad fucking things. And it's like when you see when they restore these movies, what they were, they what they really were, and like how I mean, even Chaplin's The Kids. So this is 1921. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 this movie looks so pristine, so beautiful. It looks like it could have been shot today. Like wow. it's so clear. I'm just like, what the fuck? Of, now you go. Of course, people went what, crazy what, for, for this, seeing this because stuff. Of, because sure. it was so. And to me, seeing them now again restored, it's like I've never seen it because you look because you marvel at how dense those blacks are and how how mm-hmm. just the, how crisp the image is. One and of the it's things just I've like, noticed is younger uh, younger people in our industry, and it's not their fault. Everyone's blame millennials for everything. It's not like that. <laughs> There's a lot of material. There's just a lot of material. But I found people who really do well they have a respect for the the game they're in. Like football players, they know football. Right. Basketball players know basketball all the way back to where they were wearing short pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, but people who make film and TV a little softer on that a little little. (laughs) but it it can help you like the shorthand of being able to say you know start a line from Jaws and Mm -hmm. everybody goes oh I know what you mean and everybody breaks out to go do what they got to do because oh I know that scene let's go that's that's your that's your history that's your lexicon it's a foundational thing you don't have to love everything there's a lot of old movies I'm like what (laughs) like I still haven't made it all the way through Wings of Desire for instance (laughs) but right but I appreciate it enough to understand what it was to be able to have a working conversation about it. Um, you could talk about all the, the, the various techniques used, the black and white, the kind of black and white, all of that kind of stuff, right? You don't have to be an art head to understand that your industry actually has stuff in it. Well, it fuels the craft. Yeah. And it develops a shorthand. So like you said, when you get on a show and you're new, and you have an idea that you're trying to express, and you don't have an hour to express this idea. You're right. like, yeah, man, so that, that, that moment in City of God where they did X, Y, Z, like, oh, yeah. Because everybody goes off and does what they want Literally, and you can watch the ripple, right? Everybody Absolutely. goes, oh, I get it. Even if yeah. the scene isn't mm-hmm. that, they get the tone, they or get they the get tone. the vibe you're yeah. trying to go for. Yeah. Everybody's on the same page. Yeah, instantly. absolutely. Well, yeah. the thing is that's so great about watching The Kid is, is that, again, is that you watch it, and you're like, Everybody who does comedy today, f- who films comedy, mm-hmm. they owe this man wow. the fucking gratitude because nice. because the whole language of how I mean, number one, you're watching the guy who's at the time he's defining the cinematic language that we still use today, right. particularly for comedy. Mm-hmm. And you know that was one of the first. You know, it's just like the way he's using like close-ups and dissolves <laughs> and and these Irish shots. And he directed it himself too. Yep. He directed it. Writer, director, writer, director. He also wrote the music for this movie. Which wow, I, I didn't know that. Which I didn't know. And it's just like fuck, man. It's like, but it's again, Carl said the craft. It's like you see this shot, this shot, this shot tells a joke. This shot, mm-hmm. this shot, this shot tells this is this woman's pain. This shot, this shot, this shot is these guys. Is a fucking surprise, mm-hmm. or it's like he keeps it in the he keeps it in the. This is why it's comedy specifically. He keeps it in the wide to let the full body, you know, like show the comedy acting because comedy mm-hmm. is usually the full body reaction. It's a physical, yeah, physical mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and it's just like that. It's all there, and it's like you know what? If if you can make me laugh with no jokes, like no verbal jokes, mm-hmm. you've got. You know, th- well then, it, then you're halfway home with making mm-hmm. me laugh because then I now the jokes are just like the the verbal jokes are are now just icing because the the what you see is what's making you laugh. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. don't we don't have that many well known physical actors anymore. That used to be a big thing, and you, I Jim was Carrey. thinking about. I was about to say people like Jim Carrey, even um, Robin Williams before he yeah, passed. Yeah, somewhat. Um, Robin Williams. What's, what's her name? Who stars in? Um, 
Mike and Molly. What's the heavy set? Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like she McCarthy. has that. McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. <clears throat> like there's a few people who have that sure. thing now, but you could see where it. TV, um, when it started, too, people, again, not knowing your history, it was just radio with people in it. Right. Like, they, did, they couldn't move cameras. They didn't have anything small like yeah. we, what we all think of as a camera. Yeah. So it was always locked off. You know, people come in and set up. Right. Right? So those moving cameras you see, those big, like, giant on wheels cameras. But they were basically still locked. Mm-hmm. You hit your mark. Right. Switch. And then the director's going, go camera one, go camera two. Right. go." But everybody's static. It doesn't lend itself to that kind of work, and so there's this weird sort of gap between making movies and what TV ultimately was able right. to do. But then that sets a tone, it sets a sort of a history, well, this is how you do TV type of vibe, mm-hmm. and take somebody to come in and go, well, not really, though, you know, because right. I got this tiny camera, I came in from France, we're going to try that on this episode <laughs> exactly. of you know, right. The Outer Limits or whatever, right. and it changes the, it changes the vibe. Right. Um, it's interesting looking at... Um, what goes on on YouTube and things like that because you, we don't realize it, but we're in the vibe of whatever the new thing is, right? Like I got a thing about uh, augmented reality in my inbox today, mm-hmm. uh, which most people still aren't talking about, but that's going to be the jam pretty soon. There's going to be fiction and uh, written. I don't know how to do it yet. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fascinated with it. Fiction where you put on some glasses and some headset and walk around your life, right. and a story unfolds before you where like Harry Potter and somebody run through the runs through your <laughs> Starbucks while you're doing whatever. You know um, that's the least of what it could be. Right. But there's going to be a chaplain for that. There's going to be a, you know um, I don't want to say the name of the hated man who's got a park named after him. And uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, wow. you know, uh, you had those guys. Remember, were coming out of traditions which weren't motion pictures. They were mm. applying things. Their childhoods weren't with motion, mm-hmm. motion pictures. Mm-hmm. So everything they were applying to motion pictures was like what they know about art, what they know about music, what they know about the stage. In some cases, what they know about magic. You know, weird stuff. Now we all have a. La- everyone in the world has a language of film. Everyone knows how a film works, right? right? So what's the new thing? It's going to be this weird virtual. Well, you know what, man? I don't know if you can assume everybody knows because there's, because there's so much <laughs> knowledge out. That's true. That there's this this, ch- this chasm of ignorance. Yep. You know? And people don't pursue it. Yep, you know? yep, yep. So You're right. That's the biggest they problem. They think they know. They that's a the better know, way of saying right? it. Everyone they thinks they know. People they don't pursue, and that's the crime. That's the, the crime, crime. because <laughs> it's like, why don't you? It's, why it's you gotta like, say it like Superfly? It's, it's, it's the thing you, it's the thing you <laughs> the were saying all, like offline. It's like, it, like the stuff that you can, like this podcast, like you were saying, if it was around when we were growing up, starting this game, we'd be so into it because we're learning so right. much. Not just into it, but be so far ahead so of the game. Yeah. So far ahead of the game. Insight yeah. that gets dropped. It's like, know? oh shit, this is the, this is stuff that you want to know. And it's like people... Are I I, I, f- I feel like they think that it's I think they're gleeful in their ignorance mm. because they're like I'm gonna do it my way. That's America. I don't think it's gleeful; it's arrogance yeah. in the ignorance. That's right. Okay, you're, you're not so okay. smart. When you got a kid breaking down, like I, I got this, I got this. Like I don't know. If right. I, yeah, no, okay. I got it. And then you see it like you ain't got it. You didn't. Have it. <laughs> and, then, and then the person gets mad at you. Then they get mad at you for right. pointing out. Look. <laughs> If you simply listened for the first five minutes, right. I could have saved you some of this. Now you got to go back and redo everything. Yeah. Why are you making me redo everything? Well, there are some <laughs> young showrunners who are literally only wanting people young in their rooms today. That's foolish. You You're know, foolish. there are some people who are literally going around town. I'm here to tell you, that. whoever's doing that, <laughs> you feel me? It's not only foolish for the reason they that Hilliard is, old, is pointing out, so that the youth, but it's also foolish <laughs> for the, up. the quality of room you're going to get. Well, I don't even know if it's an old thing. It's a, it's a, uh, 
a coveting of power. That's thing. it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, it was about, I don't want you. you to know more than me. Right. So I need to surround uh, myself. You can't come in talking me, about the Criterion Channel. Let me point out to you. And all that shit. Little baby showrunners. I might not be an EP, but I have run a show. Right. Um, what you want to? We're not. We're not. We're not But we. You want a cross section. You do want people who can challenge you in that room. You want people with knowledge you don't have. You want people older than you, younger than you, different gender than you, different sexuality than you, different cultures than you. However many of that you can stick into one body, great. Mm -hmm. If you only get four writers, if you only get four directors a year, if you only get four, then make sure they're hyphenates of a bunch of stuff because they're going to add to your finished product. It's be mercenary. I don't care what you're like at home. Mm-hmm. Right, you can be a racist, you could be a, mm-hmm. a homophobe, you could be Some, all of that. Sometimes stuff that's good in at, at home, <laughs> right? Okay, but at work, mm-hmm. your job is to make a show that beats up all the other shows, right. and you can't do that with just you and your pals from college. Right? I like to the say? rule. I like to say is, I want to be the weakest link in the room hmm. because I know that I'm really strong. So I want everyone else who's better than me because I'm gonna learn. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm gonna learn from their experience. There's nothing. That you, it's like the thing that I love the most is hearing is hearing people's anecdotes because it's like, oh shit, that's because they're telling you something where there's like there's if they're smart, they're telling you there's there's a lot of politics involved that mm-hmm. they're like they're 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 parsing and telling you something, and therefore. You, there's 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 so many levels to 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 what you're learning from someone. If that, that's if you choose to be the weakest link, right. yeah, you know, because and 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 that takes a <clears> lot <throat> of uh, um, you have to you could push your ego aside. But the thing is, is but ultimately, you know what? It's not the show is not being done to service your ego. The show is being done to service the show. Yeah. So therefore, you got to get it. the best people. That's that's that's, that's, that's the it. general intention. It doesn't always come out like that. that. It doesn't play like that. I know. Well, let's get into that. Let's okay. get into that. So we got you on the show, Carl Seaton. Mm-hmm. Mr. Carl Seaton, as he liked to call <laughs> just, himself. Just Carl Seaton. <laughs> <laughs> that was a social media bullshit. All right. Yeah. Professor Carl Seaton. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You just going the other way, the exact <laughs> other way. <laughs> Carl Seaton, PhD. Dude, this is what they do. That was my little sister. This is what they do. They beat me up all oh, the time. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I get it. I, 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 I love it though. Okay, that's love. That's love. It's love. It's love. It's love. It's love. But since we got you on the show, mm-hmm. and we're talking about you know, film and TV and whatnot, you've directed both, mm-hmm. and now you really, really your your career's taking off directing TV now. Let's talk about directing episodic TV. Chris, as we all know, just went and shadowed on the show. You have have produced episodes of yeah. dozens and dozens of hours of TV. Yeah, yeah. So you know, let's let's get into. How that works from um, the get go. Well, this is really Carl's Carl's moment here. Uh-huh. Uh, I will be happy to add to things from a production point of view. It's very simple. Yeah, like how you work with the writers and the producers on the set. Like you, all every show is different. Yeah, okay. you know, like I, I've been on the show where the writer w- was with me from prep through production, mm. like in every in every aspect. Right. And then there was some where the writer wasn't ever on set. Yeah, you know, so it all depends. Huh? It all depends. Really? Every, every well, show, do every probably show, have a director who's probably. Oh, you know every what? Every show is That's vastly true. different. I've been on shows where writers were barred from the set. Wow. Like, yeah. with only the only the producer. Well, the, it the also, producer. also it also depends on your relationship with the show too. If you if this is your second or third episode, yeah, it, it, it all boils down to this, man. With every show, mm-hmm. your number one objective as a guest director is to obtain trust, trust from the network, 
and producers that you're not gonna fuck up the money. <laughs> Trust from the actors that you're not gonna have them looking stupid. Right. Trust from the crew that you're not gonna waste their time. Right. Once you get that foundation of trust and the collaborative effort can just 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 expand. And man, I'll take a great idea from a grip, from a PA. Hmm. In fact, on PD, my last episode of PD, no, my, well, my next last episode of PD. Chicago PD, Chicago people, PD. just so you people know. <laughs> thank, thank you, Chris. Chicago PD. Uh, Mallory, one of my uh, key PAs on set, my sec- my, actually my second second, mm-hmm. she came up with an idea that literally saved us an hour. Hmm. Nice. Real simple. Really? Real to the, ch- real, real simple. Like, hey guys, why don't we do this? I'm like, yo. And when I get an idea from somebody, I celebrate them. Yeah. I don't hoard it and be like, yeah, I came up like, oh, no, this is a team effort. Credit where you know it's what I'm due. Saying? You give credit yeah. where it's due. And yeah. I, 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 I celebrate her. I let people know it was her idea. Yeah. And man, when you, when you see the crew leaving work, if, if call time was at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. and it's 6.30 hmm. or 6.15 right. and they're done for the day. <laughs> That's good. They loving you. And you did and everything. You got everything. everything and then some? And all of us back in our little cradle <laughs> looking at the dailies coming right. through. It's like, wow, he made his day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only Absolutely. did he make his day, they're, they're, are they out yeah. eating right oh, now? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. They're drinking. Yeah. What? They're only the they're happy I mean, hour already? My, my goal, unless it's a night shoot during the week, right? Friday night mm-hmm. by 8.30 to be out. done. Out. Mm-hmm. On a Friday night. Now, that's a, it's an oddity in mm-hmm. television because you, you can go anywhere to 2, 3 in the morning on a Friday. Right. But just because of the end of the week and the production just gets staggered yeah. further and further. The so if you're done on a Friday, 8.30, so the crew can get back to their families and have a semblance of a weekend. Mm-hmm. A life. Man, that's yeah. a win. Mm-hmm. That's a win. So like I said, it all goes back to a degree of trust, man. And you know, when you're stepping into a new show, they don't know you. So you have to respect that. Yeah. Like, they don't know me. Just, mm-hmm. just like when you go to a new neighborhood or you're in a new environment, you don't know them. So you, you move a certain kind of way. You don't right. just assume, oh, it's going to be this, this, and this because yeah. of, of who I am. You don't go in somebody's house and put your feet on the, on the Exactly. On the house, you right? don't go in somebody's house. Right. Right. Yeah. If well, you're, you know. <laughs> or go in somebody's house and walk around with your shoes on. You heard what both of them said, Mr. Film, dude. No, what I was going to say, this is, <laughs> okay. so I, I was going to make a joke because I couldn't. Uh, Remember that episode of Chappelle when your boy was being, um, uh, who's the guy? Remember he, ah, the fuck? He, he was the guy who smoked too much, who did, uh, cocaine is hell of a drug. Rick James, Rick James. Right. Remember the time he went to, Darkness. He, the, 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 he went to Prince's house and put his feet up on the couch. It was like yeah. kicking the couch. Fuck your couch. That's just, yes, yes. That's what I was but, but this is the thing. This is, see, this, this, this is the big thing that I learned shadowing. <laughs> It's not your thing. Mm-hmm. It's never your thing, and your job is make it so they're happy. Mm-hmm. Make it so mm-hmm. that the, it's not just the episode that you're, the producer's there, but the network is watching your show, the, the, the production company is watching the show, the studio, they all, and so the stuff that you're doing, from what I watched, is not the shots that you would get. It's get those shots, but give them stuff so they can go and, 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 f- and figure out how to make the show work. Because you don't know if they're going to cut for, for, for all these you reasons. Have no you have yeah. no idea. Yeah, once you turn in your cut, that's it. It's literally, see, you don't know what it's see, a, that, the, that's, the final yeah. it, it product. You, know, you have no idea what it can end up as. I mean, because it was like, for an example, I didn't tell you this, but I might have told this. It's like there was this shot that they, these guys did. They talked about doing this really, really sweet, this crane shot where this woman, she comes out of a house and she <laughs> goes down this kind of like, like one of those stairs for someone who's in a wheelchair, so this exact thing. And, and then she, and then she, and she and it follows her and it gets into a, um, 
a, a cab. So it's this overhead shot of her coming out, following her, following her, and then it comes down to her face as she does this thing, then follows her back into the cab. And I was like, that's fucking dope. You should, they, and I was like, I, you know what? And well, it's a, very filming. It's very filming. Like it's a movie, let's move on. But then they're like, no, we get the steady cam, we get this, 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 this. And I was like, and in my head, I was like, why are they doing this? So I was like, oh, because they don't know, because you know what, that, that single shot is, it's a, it's a longer shot. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps. The, perhaps those are the first to go. Per, yeah. It's so, economics. Yeah, economics. You so, got 42 minutes and five seconds. Right. Exactly. You got to choose your battles. Exactly. Right. And, and that, that dope ass sweeping shot. You might not be able to do that. And mm-hmm. some directors. It's going to get cut the fuck up. Cut the fuck There's up. There's a couple <laughs> of things from our side, too. And I won't, I won't obviously, I'm not going to name names or shows. But uh, two things. One. Uh, the director comes in they got to lean heavily on the DP because the DP's there every week and Mm -hmm. this director's only here for the week but they also have to show it's kind of like being a writer in a writer's room yes you have to match the show but you also have to show it that you could like let let him flex a little more next Mm -hmm. time because he did that little flourish or he did that thing or the actors really like working with him or whatever it is you have to be able to show you there's a reason it's not just random where we choose you again Mm -hmm. but the other thing was there's this thing called editing in the camera Mm -hmm. and there was this one director that came on one of the shows I've been on who we started getting dailies back and it's like is this fool think we're crazy (laughs) does he think we're all stupid he's literally cutting the show for us so that there's only one way he's only giving us one set of options the options he wants that's the mistake and they weren't bad that wasn't the problem it Mm -hmm. wasn't like if we had done exactly that it would have been a a poor episode Mm -hmm. it was that it's not his choice to do that. Right. Right. And so he's basically saying, this is the right way to do it. This is the way it's going to get done. Right. Your job is to give them options. And that is why it's harder for certain filmmakers to transition into television. That's correct. Completely. Because they always come in like, because you're right, you want to put you into the episode. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not your film. Right. It's It's your style of filmmaking Infused into this episode, but right. people That's try it. to make it their own and say, "No, I'm like you said. When you're editing in the camera, like I'm, a, I'm a box them in, mm-hmm. so it's just this one variation." That's not the language of television. That means you're not coming back. <laughs> it kind of does. You know, it, it, dep- it depends. <clears throat> it all depends. Well, uh, it depends I mean, on the show. You see, and the people involved. And the people involved. Because the, the main thing, because the, the thing that was really interesting on my episode that I was doing, which is the finale, the director was the producing director. Mm-hmm. And he was doing his episode, the stuff that I all prepared for, did all the, my little shot list, everything like that. But he also was tasked with like shooting pickups for other episodes, mm-hmm. you know, which was great to see. How he's like, hey, like he stop and, and look at episode five and go, I gotta get this shot here and it's, it's, and it's gonna match yeah. everything. This and then he'd go and we go, we're gonna do this shot and then he'd come in and say, I want to do maybe this kind of way to, to he would do these things that would make it his, but that's not the only shot he would get for them and I and it just it was great for me to see how so he would do one for himself and do all the rest for them. Yeah, there was all this, you know, um, or he would do stuff where he'd set it up in a way where it's like. They can get the, you know like I remember he did this really cool shot where it started off in a reflection in the mirror and then it mm-hmm. panned across as this woman was talking and it's and it got on her face and then dialed in and then he shot the reverse and I was like and, and then he shot a wider shot and I was like okay but it's all going at the same time essentially because right. he's using three cameras and I was like okay this is so they can cut around it because the producer was there um, the showrunner was there and all and they were like they getting notes the, the showrunner was getting these notes and the, the network was calling them constantly about stuff and I was like okay this is like the game is this. This. this is what this game is. You have to be able to like be flexible like that. There's none of this like it's it's my show. And then the, the edit, the big thing is edit. He was like, I don't even if, I don't even know if, I, if I'm because they shut in Savannah. He was like, I'm not even sure if I can go to, to LA to do, do the edit. Yeah. And I was like, and then he's like, yeah, but it's just a week anyway. And I was like, 
okay, that's the big thing too. It's like you just get a week to edit. You get four days. You four days. It's not even Oof. your thing. I'm saying to myself, you do a movie, you might get twelve weeks to edit your thing mm-hmm. because it's because it's a whole different animal, and that's where you're right. That's where filmmakers really fuck up because they're thinking they've a lot. It's the same on the writing side. You're writing on. You're not writing your show. Like right. they want your flourish, or they wouldn't have hired you. Mm-hmm. But if it's Carl's show and he wants me to be on his staff. Theoretically, he wants me to help him fulfill his vision. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're like, facilitating a vision. I'm not giving you a chance to do your thing, right. man. I'm, I'm right. trying to help you make my thing better. Yeah. But um, you do have this thing of if you're the director on the pilot, you're much more of a partner to set the visual tone, right? Because then everybody's trying to match that, which is why they get paid more and they get residuals every episode, every episode and all of that correct. stuff. Yeah. And then the director photography's job is to help the new director, like, okay, maybe you saw the pilot, but since then things have evolved a bit. Yep, whatever. Well, season one was this way. Season yeah. two is Here's now this way. Every show has a box. Yeah, and your job is to know <laughs> that box for the show. You don't have to watch every episode of the show because some shows are in season five, six, and seven. You just right. not gonna have the mm-hmm. time. But as long as you understand that cinematic language in that box you can flourish in that box and even flourish and you can even get on the line if you roll the dice in the proper manner because they can be like oh that's Neat. new yeah and, and if you do some shit that they haven't seen in a little while you know that can get everybody excited yes the DP, that's a fact the crew everybody like oh yeah we've never done this before over yeah, here yeah. that's cool so little things like that keep you know keep the crew and in, in, you know inspired invested in all that kind of stuff so but but to go back to it i, I want to, to address you, you want to give them options in the edit because it all goes down to the edit. Mm-hmm. And and I guess you, you have four days to cut, but they're cutting it while you're still shooting. Yeah. Right. So when you show up, <laughs> that editor's coming out. You get the dailies. Yeah, you get the dailies. I showed up to, to edit, and I've seen the editor's cut. Man, one show in particular, I had zero notes. Really? Because they do their, they know they their was, they know too. The he was so on they point. I said, man, bro, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have any notes. So what are we gonna do? Yeah. He said, "Well, lunch. first we're gonna order something to eat. That's right. <laughs> I knew it was lunch. And then we're we gonna we're we gonna talk about time. Right. Yeah. And because uh, you know we, we got a system. He said they can't know we finish like this. We can't, yeah, they can't yeah, know we move like hey, this. You ever played Xbox on a big screen? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah, we, we watching other episodes and shit. It was, I mean, it was amazing because I was like, dude, I, I and I'm I'm scrutinizing. Like, I'm getting the okay, okay, pacing, all yeah, kind of shit. I'm like. Right. I got nothing, bro. You're like, I, I was got in nothing. tears at the end, man. I was like, man, you... Yeah. <laughs> see, see that? You're like, I could direct him, too. I write that. I write that. <laughs> he, said, he said, dude, it was all lined up. It was, yeah. Everything just kind of fell into place. I would write that name down for my next that. show. Yeah. Like, I would keep tabs on that editor. Oh, he... he right, you know what I mean? This guy's... This, he's, he's, a, he's a rock star. Yeah. Right. He, and... and Everybody knows he's a rock star, and yeah, you, when, when he's cutting your episode, like, oh, like, oh you're good, right. you're good. I can go home. <laughs> I come in for four days. I, I come in day two and top of day three, and that's gonna be that. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. That's but dope. Then, then that's trust. Ha- but then you have editors. Right. We like, I'm about to be holding this motherfucker's hand Ooh. from day one on, mm-hmm. and I mean, usually you get, you get a feel for it, and once they start understanding what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and because some editors are much stronger than others. So you, you peep it early on, like, okay, right. this is going to be one of those type of experiences. You know? Let me ask you a question. So you go to, so you shoot your episode, say, for seven days, let's just say, right? Mm-hmm. When you're done, when, at what point do you get the, to go in and edit? Well, it depends. Is it immediately? It, is it like a month later? It, it's, like, no, it's, it's at, at the latest, a week and a half later okay. from rapping. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in town, tough. Right. Like, I've had a. Well. Because well, sometimes you go right to another I show. I go right to another show. Right. Yeah. Which means I'm prepping one show, right. editing at night on the uh, other show. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, was, I, was in, uh, I was in Vancouver. 
prepping on Supergirl mm-hmm. editing my Chicago Fire episode. Really? So I prep from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., get home, and what they do, they send you links <coughs> to your edit. Mm-hmm. Right. You just give them detailed notes on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that from 8 to 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. You okay. know what I'm saying? You just I was going to ask you when you rap, are you going back to the hotel or to the place they put you in, whatever? Mm-hmm. Are you like just in the dailies and trying to figure out what's up for tomorrow? Are you like what? No, what? Well, no, no, no. So... I'm basing it all off of my editor's edit okay. for the pre- the previous show. So okay. so you, I'm, I'm editing I'm editing that, giving notes for that, and then preparing for the next day with prep. So it's it. all. I mean, it could easily be a 16 hour, 17 hour day. So how many Ooh. how many shows how many episodes would you do in a row before you're like, okay, I need to I need a break. I need to go to Florida or whatever. I'm, I'm currently working on my ninth episode since August in a row. Straight, like yeah. episode, 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 episode. Yeah. Okay, I've done nine since as of August. This is my ninth. Wow, one. that's a blessing. So that's you're gonna good. need a break yeah. in a minute. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm you just, you just go somewhere. Ain't oh yeah, I'm going you to Cuba. Just, you just yeah. go like, oh yeah, man. A month or something. Oh shit, yeah, oh yeah. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to <laughs> chill dope. out. I'm about to chill out. But I, but I love the process, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't. It doesn't feel like work to me because right. I enjoy it so much, and, and I work every gears. day. You're you know what I'm saying? Gears. If you're going from Chicago, uh, Chicago PD to Supergirl, yeah. that's a gear shift. Right. That's a total <laughs> gear shift. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going from yeah, exactly. I'm going from to the fire burn stages to to green screen and visual effects and things like that. So, and that's another thing, man. I'm learning so much. From so many different people, right? I'm, I'm like a sponge. But this has been film school on crack, right? And steroids together. Oh, you know I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Like one thing that the new the new people don't get, and that's from every aspect of our business, is that first year, whatever you're doing, it'll be like the last ten. Right. Yeah. right. You mm-hmm. will learn more in that first year, no matter what you think you yeah. know, oh, whatever yeah. you bring it's, in it's, with you. Well, it's just like us in the writer's room. Once you're in the room, <laughs> when you start writing your own shit, you learn so much more shit yeah. that you start adding And it's to. crazy. Yeah. And when you, and look up, just, when you look up at the end <laughs> exactly. of that first season, yeah. it'll be like you got a PhD. Yeah, the way thing. you break Absolutely. it down. You thought you were an expert yeah. when you walked in. I thought I was pretty smart. Right. It's not a humbling thing. It's more like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a coming together of things. Like, it's like a higher level of clarity. Yep. And you start to move faster. You move faster. You move with more purpose, more confidence, mm-hmm. and then you just elevate your skill set. Man, so it's when you respect the craft mm-hmm. and you really want to immerse yourself in that craft. You're surrounded by craftsmen that have been doing this. Yep. They will just they they drop a bar on you and don't even think it's a bar. You like you just gave me platinum right here. That's right. <laughs> they don't even realize it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's well, you learn the curve. So, so this is the thing we were, t- we were talking just a little bit offline. This is the thing that I don't think that people recognize when they are in film school or doing indie work or stuff like that everybody who's on a TV crew is professional mm-hmm. in, a, in a really strong way they're not going to be there if they're going to jeopardize that, sh- that, that train they got a market in the network they're, show most of them are union dudes yeah, yeah, absolutely so they're going to be gone mm-hmm. and I think that and you know I've talked about this a little bit is, is that like you don't know what it's like to work with people of that caliber until you do. Until you right. do. That's right. And then all of a sudden, it, it changes the way you approach everything. Absolutely. Because that, because you know, there's certain things that you there's certain things that you worry about when you're working with, with, um, uh, you know, with lack of a better term, you know, if you if you're working with the B team, right. you're doing stuff right. that you constantly worrying about because you do it a couple of times, and you see, I worry about this shit because it's fuck this this is this is where I this is where I fed, fed on. You got to be prepared time. to step in and, if and all this kind of shit is going to yeah. happen. You know, like this is how the grip's going to. They might play me this way, mm-hmm. which you know. <laughs> but you go on a TV show and it's like, no, they're so on it. 
it's just it's I mean like I remember I was watching these guys set something up and the the key group is listening to the DP and the director talk go through the thing and then he's like signaling to his crew you know stuff like, like so to, to prep for to it, start prepping stuff hmm. as you're still talk, like like walking through the shot and talk, I mean talking about it because he kind of knows so he's anticipating he's anticipating and okay. I was like see that's just that you don't get right. when you're not working if with if you watch sports hmm. though if you see if you see people calling signals you see the third base coach making little weird moves you see the defensive coach running along with the mm-hmm. play going, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. all that stuff is exactly the same or yeah. if you watch people in the operating room you watch a team of surgeons each one doing their own thing mm-hmm. but watch their support staff the right. surgeons are just cutting and moving the hand in the, the, someone has to know before I ask what the hand means right. Right. right they're right. watching a the monitor this whole job is just to watch this blip right hey guys you need to tone it down a little bit right. boom Every, you know there's an old thing back from when I was an actor which is you, if you're the weakest link in a cast they're not stepping down no. You're not going to ever, no bad actor made the whole show. Dude. No. You, even if you don't get up to their high, I'm gesturing, you can't see that I'm gesturing. <laughs> um, even if, let's say you start, if you come into a cast that's all A-list, and you're actually an E-list person, oh my God, I got on this thing. They're not coming down to E, and you might not get up to A, but I bet you by the end of it, you'll be up to B. Mm. Yeah. Right, because they have won't to. let How you. Can you not well, they no, won't well, let you well, think. They, 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 well, here you know what's it funny. all depends on the show. Well, it, they might want you to fail <laughs> if you got the wrong point of view. They might you want know, you to fail. Well, I'll say this: <clears throat> they can smell a weak actor, True. like blood in the water, hmm. which becomes your you're job. The, crew, you're talking about the, actor. the cast, mm. the cast, especially mm. if there if there's a cast. Well, of they're, beasts. if they're caddy, if they're yeah. beast, not even not, not even cat. They don't even do it in a caddy way. They but they know like. Oh man, okay, and, and you don't really know, right? No, that's part of it. That is part of it. What I mean is, unless I thought you were talking about the people that actually go after the weak one. No, they're not dropping their game. No, no, we, right. We came to play. We came to right. play. Well, you, you, so, you can bring so, that double A ball in here then, if you want then it to. It becomes <laughs> the director's job. It becomes your job yeah. to say, okay, I got Jordan. I got Scottie Pippen, I got and Drexel, Jeff. and Jeff, and AI, <laughs> and Jeff. All right, Jeff. All right, Jeff. Today, you about to be hot it's sauce. It's going to be you and me, baby. And one, okay? All right, listen, so, I'm, yeah, because you, you, you literally have to pull that yeah. actor aside, like, first of all, you belong here. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because it, 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 I've seen people come in that have the talent. And play themselves. But they're so overwhelmed yep. because... Shit just got real. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? And, and you gotta be mindful of that, man. You know, you, oh, is it day players and stuff like that? Or, dude, or, 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 the, the under fives are the most dangerous yep. in yeah. your cast. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're gonna come in, they either gonna be way, well overwhelmed and be like, oh shit, it just got real. Yeah. Right. Or they're gonna be like, I got three lines, I'm gonna get an Oscar. These <laughs> <laughs> three lines. <laughs> this. Officer, he went over there. <laughs> <laughs> you be like, cut! Now I gotta watch every episode. Hold up, <laughs> dude, dude, dude! You don't need to make a meal out of it, right? Throw it away. It's information. Throw it away. Just get to the point. Let's okay. be more succinct. Now this is some stuff you didn't, you don't see. We got an audition once on again a show I won't name. <laughs> Uh, where the guy was actually a really good actor himself, but he did this crazy overkill. It was around the time when people putting him, started first putting themselves on, on tape, on tape oh, to really? send in instead of just coming in because mm. there'd be somewhere else, whatever. 
this guy made a little short film like <laughs> with effects and bullet hits and stunts wow. and we were like are you trying to be a director or are you trying to audition for the show you know we didn't hire him because we knew his ass was going to be crazy nah, as soon as he got action. on the set right. even though he was exactly perfect for the part mm. and was a good actor it was like mm, you're doing, doing too much, much. you've you're lost your damn much. mind here right. yeah. well see you know what this is the thing about you hear that Jasani about the, <laughs> the, 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 about the actors the, the actors <clears throat> Um, from my experience, you know, they, um, it's, you know, if, it's like you said, if they get overwhelmed, the one thing that is, is hard for, I think a, a lot of people who toil in it and when they come on the big, the big stage is that they don't realize the, the army. They don't realize the size of the army. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit! And they're perhaps sitting around, and they've made these projects and stuff like that that have gotten them, you know, some sort of acclaim. And it's like, you know, some small little GH1 camera or something like this. Mm-hmm. But you roll up, but see, the, the the one thing that I, I think people are so unaware of is, um, <clears throat> this actual size of cinema lenses. Hmm. They're big. They're mm-hmm. really fucking big. Right. And they're not like a fucking camera or anything. So the most people can't even afford them usually. Right. There's $20,000 things you got to rent mm-hmm. and everything like that. And it's like, oh shit. And it's in the, in the, the massiveness of that that's then aimed at you. And you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's just one thing. Then you got the, the whole setup is. You, you got to go back. I mean, that, that's like the last bastion. <laughs> Of intimidation. Yeah, it's the, you got 30, the, it's the forty people it, behind. No, no, no. It, it starts <laughs> with the oh shit! I'm in my own trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, when I was my an honey wagon, my honey wagon, I had yeah, actors heat on coming exactly. in on me in a makeup chair, and I was a under five or, or or day player or whatever, and they'd be like trying to test you, and I'm like, I literally am like ten years old. Why are you on me? I like, I just got here. I'm just what, what? mom? You know, in your head. You know, you know. You I had an experience. I'm gonna name drop just because no, it makes, no, because okay. it makes sense, and he knows the story, so okay. it's funny. <clears throat> so my first day on City of Angels, okay, I'm shooting this shot. Paris is directing, mm-hmm. right? Blair Underwood, <laughs> and and I play this cop, right? Mm-hmm. And with the white cop, and the white cop fucks up Blair, right? All right. So we have this whole crowd. We're like downtown. We have this whole crowd of girls watching because Blair Underwood's Cause there. It's Blair Underwood. But trip about an hour in, <clears throat> Blair Underwood comes up to me. I'm calling him Blair Underwood. Blair comes to me, okay, pulls me aside like he's mad at me, Uh-oh. and I'm like, "What the fuck did I do?" He's like, "Man, don't you know this is my fucking set?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" He was he was leaving me. It was messing with. He was you. like, "This is okay. my fucking set." And he said, "Look down there." And I looked down. He says, "Just wave." And I wave. He says, "All them bitches are looking for you." I said, "What?" what? <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Blair's good. I was oh, surprised Blair. at the beginning of the story. I was like, wait. The- oh, Blair's okay. a real deal. Blair's yeah. a real deal. I mean, and you get actors that, like I had an episode where you know, under five had three lines. Hmm. And on her close up, she went up. Couldn't remember shit. Oh, really. That's brutal. And this actor, I had tried my best to relax her. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't getting it done. Mm. One of the <clears> actresses <throat> on the show Came over to her and said, listen, you got this. You're going to be great. Just relax. You're going to nail it. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And that con- It's those little moments of yeah. assurance to calm someone down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to get their bearing and say, okay, let me get back on my shit right. and right. get it done. And that's exactly what happened. Right. You know? And, and it, it becomes a team effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you want to make them as comfortable as possible so that they can execute their job. Right. But they're looking around, man. 
And they, they don't even hear what you're saying. Yeah. They see these big lights, well, the, all this crew. And it's different than the being other, an athlete because in a weird way, there's almost a more, it's a slightly slower but also more direct progression, right? right? You move through your grade school, high school, middle school, college, probably mm-hmm. very rarely do you jump right from high school to the to the pros. Right. Sometimes you do double mm-hmm. A before you get to triple A. You have a long time to sort of slowly get used mm-hmm. to it. But all of us in our in our Western culture, we only just we don't just watch the movies, right? We have award shows where people right. are coming out. We do these weird backstage. There's all these magazines which right. pretend like they're showing you the backstage of it all <laughs> when they're not, <laughs> not, right? So you've got all this buildup in your head, and then you get there, and there is that army. That's mm-hmm. for real. And this guy, the director, is mm-hmm. like, he may not be barking the orders, but every head swivels when he starts talking, like, what's he got us to do? Blah, blah, blah. This big star that you've heard of, you might not know who the director is, but even that big star is like, Oh, what, what's Carl got to say on it like that? Mm-hmm. Plus, it's that big star standing right. next to you, and here you are in a place you never pictured you could ever really right. be. Absolutely, right? And and it's but it's something you always wanted. Yes, right. It feels like but a lottery win to some of these people right. yeah. instead but you, of the. You just said something earlier, Carl. Sorry, to interrupt no, no, you. No, go, go. You said something earlier, Carl, that really really resonated for me. I remember um, you have to picture it like this: you get on a set. And everybody's like, oh, he's here. Mm-hmm. You're not an extra anymore, or if right. you were. You know, it's like all of a sudden, you got bumped up. Yeah. You were like, it's legit. Like you said, you have a honey wagon. Yeah. You you walk in your dressing room, and your fucking your clothes are hanging up. Your hanging clothes. Up. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Everything yeah. is well, different. Hold on, hold on. Your name's on the call seat. different. Yeah. It's a trip. And then, um, like a PA or something will come knock on your door and walk you to the set. You're like, oh shit! Do you want something to eat? Do you want something to drink? And everybody says, "That's your chair." Like mm-hmm. all this stuff starts happening, and then they're like, "And here's, here's whatever said star is on mm-hmm. whatever show. Here's the director, blah blah blah, and rehearsal." Yep. Boom! You got to be ready, right? You might have two lines, six lines, eight lines. You well, might I be know, the guest I, star. I heard about imposter syndrome well after I was been been working a while. I never heard of such a thing as that because mm. it's so hard. You're so focused on trying to get somewhere. Right. The idea that I'm faking my way. I'm like, I'm not faking. I'm trying to get in the box. But it's a real thing for some people. Like, they feel like it's a, there's some magical trick that got played. Like, there's some little piece of them that says they don't deserve it. And generally, some of y'all don't deserve it. You're right to feel that way, <laughs> especially when your last name is the same as the freaking executive producers. Mm. You need to work a little harder for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't play that legacy shit. Okay. But, well, if you can go, great, but yeah. you're going to have to prove it. Right. But everybody else worked really hard. It's just this thing in a lot of people's heads that mm. they're like, did I really? Did I really? Well, you got to also understand, man, this game is designed to really beat you down. True. Right? True. You get a whole lot of no's before you get a maybe. That's right. true. And even more no's before you get a yes. That's right. true. So you're dealing with folks that are coming with a degree of PTSD. Yeah, that's All they true. know is rejection. That's right. true. So the, and, and that not, not just actors. This is most people it's, in the it's, industry. It's a whole industry. It's it's so, they, so when you get a yes, you're like... Is this yes legit? <laughs> and when people, oh, y'all what I always me. tell people, they're like, oh, you're being so kind. I'm like, I'm not kind. Right. Right. I'm kind like if you're a kid and you got lost in a mall and I'm going to help you find your family. <laughs> yeah, being I'm polite. kind. You're I'm going to help polite. them. If I tell you a compliment about your work, it's because I'm telling you as a professional that you can be employed, mm. that you deserve the money you're earning, mm-hmm. that other people are going to see your work and appreciate it mm-hmm. and give you more work and pay you for that. Yeah. I'm not being nice. No. Right, and there's a plenty of people I know whose work I don't promote. I'm not saying anything against them or who mm-hmm. they are. Right, they're lovely people, but there's a reason I'm not running around going, "Hey, dig that new." Right. Like, it's not that I hate it; it's that I only promote when it's Chris Derrick. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, see, well, this is this is the thing. I feel that 
when you the, the, it's like you guys are saying this the culture sets, sets you up in a way not just the film culture or the, or the industry culture our actual culture takes these people and, and, and elevates them so to God status yeah. Oh, yeah. you know it's like I talk about I, I have this whole thing where I'm kind of like you know what it's like the cinema was what became our new church mm-hmm. and these people are the pantheon of gods that we then bow down to mm. and then if you have to walk up and talk with Zeus or Hera mm-hmm. you're like oh shit what the fuck they're is going on here yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they spoke to me yeah. they oh, looked shit, at me you know, and, and they're handing me ambrosia they me. they're right. handing me ambrosia on fucking Mount Olympus like like I'm coke. going crazy it is coke it's <laughs> actually I mean, coke it's, 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 it's crazy I mean <laughs> I, 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 like the thing that really tripped me out as I was said this is that my show that I was on shadowing on I got to you know to to talk with Patricia Arquette mm-hmm. I've been a big fan of her since fucking um, since True Romance right. you know and she you know she's a lot shorter than I even thought she was like they always I, I, are shorter well, than you think well no are. she's like 5'2 and I thought she maybe be like 5'5 five, five or something they're like they're always that. shorter than so, you think they are but, 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 but the thing is she's but <laughs> all she, about a presence all but her presence is yes. huge yes. Right. it's huge mm-hmm. and she turned out to be the nicest person mm-hmm. just re- you know and talk all personable and just like and very gregarious everyone I, and I was like see and it was like and she it's like you said now they don't want you to fail Mm-hmm. They can't have you fail because then you make everything else harder than everybody else, right. particularly them. Yeah, right. and so, you failing is a blowback on them. Then, right. Yeah, and it costs it's like, money and time, it, right. and it's very hard to especially to when be, you're top of the call sheet. Too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very hard. To, and the thing is, is that the great the great actors and actresses at the top they can instill that sense of of, of calmness that they, you that the other mm-hmm. these 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 day players don't have, right. and it's like and 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 they have to really make that happen. But at the same time. They don't take people who keep fucking up because 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 a, I'm not gonna name the show, but there's you've probably seen this where people get written out of shows because they because the actors are fucking up, right. and I and I, I have to assume it's because the other actors are like hey, mm, it's you, usually because they're costing us money. Basically, what they're, happens? They're, they're, they're slowing they're, it down. There's a yeah. there's a continuum, right? Mm-hmm. You'll write a show, let's say it's the Carl show, right? And we think it's about That's Carl, hit, by the way, right? We think it's about <laughs> Carl, but Hilliard shows up. And Hilliard's better than Carl. More than that, the audience likes Hilliard better than Carl. So we're bastards in the writer's room, right? We were like, well, I know Carl's name's on the show. We got to give him X number number of scenes because it's his show. But you're going to start to subtly notice the best lines are going to start to go to Hilliard. The opposite is true, too. If it's Carl's show and he's Mm -hmm. doing great and Hilliard's also great. Mm -hmm. He's like coming up. He's he's on the come up. He's on this new show. It's going to be great. But he's acting like it's his show and he's costing us time and money and he's showing up late and acting a fool. He could actually be doing a good performance when it's actually on but the whole rest of it costs us time and money and it costs us angst. Right, mm-hmm. I don't want my star pissed off because of anything other than maybe they have a little personality conflict. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll smooth that out. But if this guy's just acting up crazy, it's not even pointing at him, and my star's coming to me like, look, I got stuff to do, man. He's costing us five <laughs> hours today. You see that good? Y'all love him that much? Yeah. You know what? We don't. <laughs> you know what? We don't. He's, he's going to get hit by a car next week. <laughs> you think I'm joking? Am I joking? No, 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 no. I'm see, not no, joking. I'm, I'm not right? either. So there's uh, yeah, this weird believe, sort of yeah. continuum, and there's a precariousness to the job, to the life that we live, which is always solved by a strong number one and a good a good executive producer at the top. So you're, I always think of the number one actor as the lead of the acting department. 
and the director is a lead of the physical production department, mm-hmm. and the uh, showrunner is a lead of the writing department, and then also above all, above all the departments, right? right? But if you have a crappy, egotistical, backbitey, catty, punch down number one, that show is going to suck. Mm-hmm. From, to work on the audience, will it could be a hit. Yeah, it could be. But a hit. it's just going to be a brutal working experience. <laughs> it's going to be just. Hard. You have to keep that in mind all the time because you're with these people all the time, Monday through Friday for hours, right? You know, and when you create a pleasurable experience on set, man, they remember that. Yep. So when you come back, they they know you like okay, he brings a certain oh, type of God, vibe Carl's here. to the set, <laughs> and man, I'm so grateful to be on set any day mm-hmm. after rocking a gang of shitty jobs. Yup, and for looking years. at it like it man, wasn't easy. Man, for it years. wasn't easy. Yeah. You like man, I'll never make it there. Right. Yep. And to be here, right. and I, and I made it a point to myself saying when I get here, I'm not going to lose myself yep. and, and buy into. This false sense of greatness Right Remain humble mm-hmm. in, Embrace the work Immerse myself in the work And elevate everybody around And keep it moving yeah, Pass right. the knowledge Pass that that's Well your strength lies Your strength lies In your excellence Right that's, yeah. Absolutely a, no, I know this with writers and actors I haven't been around enough directors To know if it's true But it probably is There's a, there's a vibe It's certainly in the town Every day I'm not a star Is a day y'all owe me And Damn. that attitude is that, what creates well, negativity that's, when you get there. That's fucked up. Right. And but, but but I testify to that. That's how a lot of people behave. Right. I mean, particularly, you know, like below the, the like people who are below the line that I've worked with on on shorts and shit like that, they behave like there's you know, like they don't want to be there because they'd rather be directing their own shit mm-hmm. and they gotta be doing this and they don't want to work on your shit and, and, and you know what? You are kind of like, and it, then don't be here. Don't be, but, you, but you're dealing with folks that are dealing with their own angst. Yeah, they aren't where they want to be. be. Yeah. And you get on a TV show, everybody, they're, they're all working theoretically. Everybody wants there. to be there. And, well, yeah, yeah. They have aspirations, but this is their. This is their, they do this for a living. Yeah, this isn't a dream. Isn't one day I want to do this? No, they're doing it. Right. So that level of of of, uh, but I, I guess reality helps minimize. But I think that. I think it, I think it starts with your producers though. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not saying I was somebody special, but I know it. The tone changed when I came on board. Completely, like whatever. Completely. But I'm in charge, and I make sure that I it's do top that. down. You know the what I mean? The and leads that, on each mm, department right. define mm-hmm. it. So if there's a problem, I'll pull them up for well, well, And you can be a great you know executive I mean? producer, right. but if let's say there's five departments in any production, right? There, there's more than that, but right. let's say there's only five. If two of the f- two of the five are great, where the leads are like, "This is how we're gonna roll. Right. It's all equanimous. We're just here to do our jobs. Let's all be friends if right. we can. But even if we can't, we're gonna still do this well, right? Mm-hmm. That's the minimum." But if you have three of those departments that everybody hates each other or the, the, the sound guy can't get along with the, 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 the second second right. and all of that stuff, it doesn't matter in a weird way. You have to it's, – it's, there's a mix. Right. There's this weird mix. And some people are – they got other stuff going on and they bring it to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You well, know? See, it, look, back to the thing you're saying. It's like the day that we shot at your house mm-hmm. and the day that we were on the roof – Mm-hmm. Were some of the best days that I've had. Right. The day in those the, are days I took charge. You took charge. charge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The day, what's gonna the, happen. the day exactly. in the basement right. where the DP and the producer almost got into a, to, to a fist fight. What? You know, mm-hmm. and same with me with the producer. Right. It's like you know, it's like that day became this like nightmare. Yeah, we, we had we had the bar heads butt from the set. Let, let me ask you. It was ridiculous. In, in retrospect, when you see they were about to come to a fight, what was it really about? Yes. There's always something behind it's it. Not it's not going the fight. On. Right. No, no, no. There's something behind it. The, 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 the fight. This was the fight. Was the fight was the the, the the producer wanted 
and still wants to be a director. Then go be yep. a director. Okay. And and a writer. Then go be a and writer. He, and a DP. And he was trying to tell the DP. Was that what he called Grace? Or was that that was the that was at night, wasn't it? What? Remember that time he called he came in and called Grace and everybody's like, What? What are you talking about? He, <laughs> like he called Grace. Well, he we were like about to go into OT. Right. And I said, I said, dude, we're gonna go in. We need to let people know right. you have to ask permission. About what I said, we need to individually. This motherfucker went. So everybody, here's how it's going to be. If you have a problem with it, please let me know. Like in front, of, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He just, uh, he just he, 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 like, yeah. like he no, just no, no, fucked no, no, everything no. up. And and it was the crucial <laughs> time, and we were trying to figure out how to. Get, it just caused this. It was like the. Wait, hold on, but let's let's go back. Let's go back. Y'all, y'all <laughs> Rewind. You guys dropped hold a on. lot. I was, I was yeah. like, wait, 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 hold yeah. on. The, so you had a producer who wanted to direct. And, and right. And right. And, right, and <laughs> direct. Yeah. He's about to get into a fight with the DP. Uh, what was that fight really about? Boom. He was, so you, tell, you told me where the producer's coming from. He was, Where's the DP coming from? Okay, the DP, he's a, he, he's a great artist, and he's a little prickly, and, and, and his thing is, and he's basically like... Yeah, he's very prickly. And, and he's, and, and he's very, okay, very prickly, but, but, yeah, but, be real. but this, this is his thing. His, his thing is, respect me for my game. Right. I've been doing this for 20 years. You cannot tell me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And if I make a suggestion about production scheduling, because I was the main thing was about this production schedule. Mm-hmm. Shit. I mean, like, like when we're going to start, you know, I know because I've been on because I've been there for 20 years right. and I've been nominated for BAFTAs and shit. Right. And you haven't. So don't try to step in my lane. And it was and that's what it was. And, and the DP was like, you're not respecting like, you know, you're not respecting me. You're not respecting my contributions. Yeah, you know, the producer was was stepping on toes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, and the fight, the fight, I was the fight only happened at the end of the night. It wasn't during the, 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 the right. shoot. Nerves are frayed, but but, but at the end of the night, we were in OT by then. Right? We were in like, OT, uh, yeah. and 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 he was like, and he was like, motherfucker, I'll knock you down right now. <laughs> That's what he said to the producer, and the, and the DP six five, and the producer was like maybe like five ten. So it was this big disparity. He's like, I'll knock you down Take right fucking now. So let me ask you this then: in uh, retrospect, what do you think you could have done? To minimize this, oh, so I wasn't in the room first of all. But when I came there, I stopped. So, well, yeah, no, 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 no. This, no, this is what I did to minimize it. You know okay. what I did to minimize? I brought Harriet on to minimize yes. it. Okay, I said you got to come in here and like you know what? This shit has to be cleaned up. This we, yeah. we I I can't. I can't. Be so I worried. banned the producer from the set. Yeah, mm. after okay. that, I had to let him go. The next two days, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like I I I said to him, I said, dude, I cannot, I can't have to worry about. That kind of infighting, you know, what like when that's I'm right. trying to focus. It has nothing to do with your job. Nothing no, to do with my job. Literally it, nothing to do with me. But and, and that's the kind of stuff that like breaks your focus in a right. way that mm-hmm. like to get back into like what's the shot? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the tone? What's the tone emotionally? Mm-hmm. Right. Like where are the actors in the story? Right. Where are we are in the script? Why do we get this? And new, all this, like, this new stuff in front of the crew and the actors. Oh yeah, yes. That's why I was yes. really pissed. No, and I was like, God damn, no, man. No. It's like, 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 like you fuck up the whole thing. Yeah. You fuck up the whole thing. And how did this producer come on board in the first place? He was working with us on the feature version of this thing that we were doing as a, a uh, um, uh, proof of concept, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. And he just showed his ass once there was money and, and, and the shit started getting real, you know? Just, and I was like, okay. Yeah. You know what? You have to like. But your your question, your your point is well taken because what that is about is not the money. It's not all of that. It's what do I think I'm getting once the doors open, mm-hmm. right? 
As soon as the money comes in, you find out who everybody is. Exactly. Yeah. You, get, a, you want to find out how somebody gets down, give them a taste of power. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what he. That's what you saw. That was what he would have been after the Oscar, only like that's the mic. Not even Oscar, no, the no, nomination. No, no, right. No, that, no. That's true. But you know what I'm saying, right? No, no, he no, was no. giving you a taste of what he'd be as, like with mm-hmm. success. As soon, no, no, no. To me, to me and my brother were like, as, we were like as, if this is a go film, if we get the money for the feature, he's he going to be worse than this. That's exactly right. So you were getting he, a he, micro, he, like he, a he, tiny, he, tiny flash. So the whole time, the whole whole time like at night after the three days of pressure my brother were like how do we get him off the show how do we get him off the the feature that we already signed mm-hmm. these these papers yeah. with how do we and we were just like again this is shit yeah, when we're we trying to, to bring sh- the lawyers involved we're trying to shoot yeah. the movie we're mm-hmm. like this is shit that you don't need to worry about you know like focusing on that and we we're like, okay this this is how we're gonna do we got to do this we got to be it's 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 ruthless but you know what he's putting he's putting his own ego in front of everything yes. and that's and 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 that's the 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 and that's what Destroys projects, mm-hmm. destroys them in so many ways that I mean, and 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 maybe some projects get completed if because there's too much of a fight to get that. But they're probably never as strong. It's as so short sighted be. too because the win is the project, right? Right. You get all of those points. You get all of the thing. Whatever you think the juice is that's right. going to come off the show, make a show. Just make the show, right? You know, uh, make uh, it that hit. Uh, People uh, are going to do all this work for you. Mm-hmm. All those girls you want to talk to, they're going to come mm-hmm. to you. You don't mm-hmm. have to do anything. Yeah, because the thing that the thing that n- nobody's going to know outside of the circle is who did what. Right. If your name's on the movie as, right. as a producer, then you might not have been on the set ever. But right. but, but but you can say I, I, I produced that movie. That's mm-hmm. right. And everyone's gonna be like, "Well, shit!" And I love term, that movie. And that term is so ambiguous. Yeah, right. Exactly, it can fly. It, it, oh, yeah. yeah. And nobody, unless somebody knows somebody intimately that worked on it, like, <laughs> so what are they really doing? Unless, <laughs> unless the word associate is in front of your producer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, associate producer is just like, God love you, right. but no. But anything other than that, yeah, you can fudge it until someone who really did the work happens to be in a room with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you better be quiet. But up yeah. until then. Yeah. Right. So so to me, that's why I was kind of like, the, 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 this ego thing. And I just, I see it just from like, Across the board about why certain things go and why certain things fail and and the places where they fail is because people are striving for, you know, there's this really great book I'm reading now called Culture Code, and it's about like how groups succeed. Mm. And this guy was talking about he was like, if you look at he he asked these uh, first graders to solve this problem, and he asked these these uh, people with MBA just these MBA graduates to solve the problem. And it was like you have to you have to build the biggest structure with 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 toothpicks and playing cards, right? Okay. And the kids got these massive things that were like you know two and three feet, you know, <laughs> like, like two and three feet tall. And the fucking NBAs couldn't get it above like six couldn't inches. Couldn't get started, right? right? And the guy was like, because the kids aren't searching for recognition from mm. within the group. They're just doing the project. But when you get to the NBA level, you get the adults. It's like people are jockeying for their own position. Like mm-hmm. you know what? I want you to recognize me amongst the four of us yeah. that I did a good job. And that speaks to what Carl was getting at. Yeah. What's underneath the conflict? The conflict mm-hmm. is almost always something like I'm not getting what I need to get at home, or I'm not where I want to be in my life. And this guy has put his face on my right. dilemma, right? Or this yeah. lady has put yeah. her face on my dilemma. So I'm going to take it out on you today, and not. Understanding where you are and what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And what right. you're doing is directly affecting where we are and what we're doing. Right. And the it's thing not that even you about want, what we are, and you're pushing doing. yourself further away from the thing you want by behaving this way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I question. My first question was, 
wait, was this in an office or is this on set? If you, because the thing is, it's delicate, right. right? It's all, like in movies, it's naked, right? You're, it's a cult of personality, and that personality, once the thing is in production, is a director, right? Top of the pyramid. Director is a jerk, ripple effect right. all the way down. Jerks right? start coming out of woodwork. Everybody's looking for that confidence. It's mm-hmm. all about confidence. Mm-hmm. So the little department heads look up, the li- bigger department heads look up to the director who looks down, yes, I am confident. And it ripples down that way. But if the director's sleeping with a big rock star and really doesn't have time for the shoot and is letting mm-hmm. the assistant director direct scenes with Meryl Streep in them and she's <laughs> sitting there going, wait, I didn't sign off for your ass. Yeah. You know, where's, oh, he's sleeping with Madonna. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to have to call my agent. Right? But weirder, I mean, none of that actually happened, obviously, but stuff like that happens all the damn time. time. And confidence is the thing. Production is formed, the core of the production is first the producers, Mm -hmm. possibly the writers, but really the producers, then the director comes in and adds to it, right? If anything rocks that boat, all these dreams of going to stardom and being interviewed by Oprah and all of that crap that doesn't have anything to do with this, mm-hmm. that goes away. Yeah. That falls away. But that's the good that you were saying earlier. The trust. Are you building the trust from everybody? Right. Because the one thing that you love is when all the people who are, not, you know, like the, the department heads are loving you. You know, because they're not necessarily there. Like the, the costume people might not be on set, or the, you might just see them doing prep. You know, all this kind of stuff. But if they really love you, because you have have presented yourself that they can trust you, they can trust your decisions that you and you're prepared. It just makes it's like you said, like like everyone is excited about what it is. I mean, they, the, the the biggest step is acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, I'll try to go in the morning. I try to go to hair and makeup to talk to the actors in the morning. Just say good morning. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Anything on your mind you want to talk about today? Mm-hmm. And it could serve two fronts. It can get discussions out of the way early before you have to be on set to do it. Right. It also lets them know I'm there for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you can talk to me in a way you may not be used to talking to. Or I don't know what you've experienced before, but with me, we have this transparency. Mm-hmm. Same thing with every department. That's right. I go down the wardrobe and hang out in there and walk through clothes and all that kind of just I just want to see how you all get down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just say, I value what you bring to this machine. That's yeah. right. Because they're so used to being taken for, for granted. granted. Right. Right. Like, bring oh, me it's, it's just hair. outfits and it's just say, props. Right. Which is right. crazy if you And ever... these departments can shut you down yep. if they aren't, you know, given the proper acknowledgement or investment. You know what I'm saying? So also, when you give them that investment, it just keeps the train. It's moving. a, um, it is, it is, it's a complex machine. So yes, any one department, like maybe possibly craft services couldn't do it, but almost anybody else could shut it down, right? Mm-hmm. right? Also, if you sit in the audience, especially like a screening of a movie or something like that, and you're not sitting with your crew, right? Director sits with the DP, all the camera right, people, right. like. But if you switch seats and sat over there with the the key grip or the sound people or whatever, all they care about is their department. They mm-hmm. think the movie is their department, right? The actors, all they're talking about is the acting. They don't, I mean, unless the shot's something amazing, right. they don't notice that, right? <laughs> they don't care about any of that. The, the music, the music guys, they're like, oh, damn, that cue didn't get hit, right? They right. do not care about the rest of the movie because from their point of view, it's their movie that way, right? Everyone has a place of power. Every department has a place of power and needs to be acknowledged in a respectful, honest way. Everyone's necessary. But people start each. You've 
It's not, it's, no specific, it's not specific to any department. Everyone wants to blame it always on actors because the actors are supposedly egomaniacs. Mm-hmm. Often it's not. Often the actors are the least of the problem, right? But somebody decides that they're, they're more important to the overall machinery and problems occur. As soon as that happens, right. I'm, I'm the biggest dog in here. I'm like, there really aren't any big dogs while we're making it. Because, let me, let me, you let know? Me, let me ask mm-hmm. you a question, Carl. Um, Chris, when you came back from Savannah, you were saying one of the things you learned was how, uh, in, in, in watching how fast they shoot, right? And they use three cameras, sometimes four or whatever. You were amazed by that. <clears throat> and it made you think about now, as you direct your things, you would maybe use several cameras on certain things. I think you said something like yeah, that. Yeah, well. But let me finish my thought. Okay. Now that you've directed a lot of TV and more this year, and I know you got some feature films in your works, do you see yourself still directing it, the old you, or do you see the new you oh, it's totally combined? New, it's totally new me. Okay. okay. Old me's dead. Okay. Oh, that's he's right. Done. He's done. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> okay. I love him immensely because he got me to this point, right. but it's like I'm constantly looking at evolution and craft and the, the, the amount of craftsmen I've been exposed to mm-hmm. that are masters at it, mm-hmm. that have infused me with insight, that the old me is irrelevant now. That's mm-hmm. like me saying, hold on, let me go get my Walkman <laughs> wow. and, and show y'all what my I'm working Walkman. with. Walk, oh not this man, wow. my Walkman with what? the cassettes. That's, that's why I'm like, <laughs> let me pull out my A-track right let me pull out my A-track. Y'all kids don't know nothing about a Walkman. You know like, y'all don't even know what a Walkman is. <laughs> I'm, I did features with one camera. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm doing that now. That's what I'm saying. See, yeah. see, see this that, that's an art to itself. Right. Just knowing how to watch three monitors simultaneously. Say, am I getting my beats? And choreograph so that action. This beat, this beat, yeah. Okay. So that mm. that is that alone requires a totally different skill set. Well, okay. I totally have to co-sign that because when we were in Atlanta doing that that music project, mm-hmm. we were I, like I knew to you know you're shooting a performance. It's like we got to have at least two cameras, right. at least two. You know, if not more, they only gave us two, and I was like, I I really wanted three because mm-hmm. it's good because I sat there and watched. Um, I watched Eight Mile. I watched mm-hmm. the opening, the rap battle Eight Mile, like nine times right. with no no music on. Just see, okay, just just watching, trying to figure out, the, trying to figure out the coverage, like how they do this, how they do this, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, okay, this, they have to be doing three camera, at least three camera. And it's and you're right, you get down there and you're Curtis, watching, huh? Curtis, Curtis, Curtis Hanson, Hanson. yeah, he did LA Confidential, mm-hmm. yeah, he's badass. Uh, yeah, um, died recently too, a couple mm-hmm. years ago from right. something cancer or something. But you're right, you you to to be able to watch the multi, the multi camera is, I mean, the multi monitor thing is a very specific skill set because you're because you because you're like constantly looking back and forth to see what's happening what's happening what's happening it's, and particularly particularly if they're opposing right. shots like it's like if if you're shooting two actors at the same time mm-hmm. you jump a, you have to really know the material that mm-hmm. well to jump back and forth to go you okay, have to know your script who's gonna go back who's gonna you, got, you have to know these emotional beats you have to know all that really mm-hmm. really well and and but that you shoot a whole movie with multiple cameras just sequences in the movie right bits the, of a movie. the whole movie with multiple cameras okay because well, you you it, it allows you to move at a different clip Okay. Mm-hmm. You get a, a, a higher degree of coverage So right. you can manipulate Faster. the pacing right. As well So yeah I mean, Like I said I've done features with one camera Right and Not anymore That's not happening Never <laughs> see, see, see Never See, 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 see Ever the, the thing is I, This is what I say I think about that And I go You know what To me it would always be It'd be project dependent Because I still look at the way Certain guys And I love the way they work and I, in terms of what they're creating, on the, like their image on screen, it's like 
they have to be doing one camera because they wouldn't be able to get that type of that type of lighting shit with that type because the problem there's there's always a trade off when you there's, right. there's a trade off when you do a multiple camera mm-hmm. with higher lighting because there's there's not enough room right. to set up all the damn grip Shout shit and light in. stuff yeah. that that you're gonna get and so certain guys you know but certain guys who are masters of that shit they fucking know how to do it in a way that like well goddamn but. <laughs> Yeah, but they, a lot of those guys have a lot more time to shoot, though. That's that that's is it. it's, it's, it's you, all about right? time of shooting, right? Because the thing about that's the thing that was always that was always kind of like sitting sitting in the back of my head. It was like, how are they able to knock out like seven, eight pages a day? How, mm-hmm. In my head, I was like, how do they, how do they, I, you got to understand, man? This this is what they do. But, yeah. but, but what in my head, I'm like, oh. But the minute I get on set, I'm like, oh. If they're gonna set up three cameras and get the wide and the you know right. at the same the, time in the medium at, at the, right. yeah. the same time, I was like, mm-hmm. well, you know what? They got an hour to get, and and they're getting three shots in an hour. That that mm-hmm. would that might take you from, from every, a single camera. It would take you from start of the day to lunch to get that same yeah, right. same amount of coverage. I hope yeah. you so people boom, listening boom, to boom, this boom. and it's uh, like okay, that's how it is. But but see, but again, like I'm saying, you know, like last night I was not last night, then I was watching this thing about um. Yeah, you know, uh, Spielberg's Spielberg and 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 his wonders, right? And mm. there's these shots that last like you know forty seconds a they minute, go from two a minutes, wide to a, a wide to a minute, to a close to, up, to, back to a wide. I mean, yeah. he has this really fucking fascinating, cool ass shot in 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 um Raiders. No, 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 no. It's in uh, it's in Minority Report, right? In Minority oh, yeah. Report. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where it's following it's following Tom Cruise, and, and he's, he's walking through the camera, and he, and he walks into this elevator, and it, and it mm-hmm. goes to this this single shot of him in the elevator, and you and you hear. Um, Colin Farrell talk off camera, mm-hmm. and he said, "Hey, he's like, hey, hey, wait!" And then the camera swings to him as he comes in, as he so into an over. So, so it's a it's a it's a single on Tom. It swings over to a single on um, Colin Farrell, and then it backs up. They're in an elevator, and it backs up a little bit to, to this two shot mm-hmm. of both of them talking. And the way it is is that Tom Cruise has got his back against the back of the elevator, and and he's standing, and and uh, and and Colin Farrell was standing by, by the buttons, and then there, there there's a there's a threat going. On and, he, and then Tom Cruise grabs him by the the, the rappels and swings him like it's a full three sixty swing around. And he slams him against the the back of the elevator and and then and now Tom Cruise is facing. He's now turned from his back to, uh, his back against the the back of the elevator uh, to okay. to his to yes, his he, facing uh, it. He's a dosio. Yeah, 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 and and it's tighter shot. Mm-hmm. And it's like and it's all, this is all in one. It's a master. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's all, this is all done. A master in, is a single shot, you guys. It's a single unbroken shot. And and the whole thing is all done in one. Shot and the the clip that Chris is talking about so is it's on YouTube. It's on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Spielberg's and it's like fuck, man. It's like, and, but so 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 but 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 he's choreographed it in a way mm-hmm. that the, the camera's moving from this wide to this close up to this two shot back. Mm-hmm. You know, like and do a tighter two shot, and then you know, and then when then when the elevator comes out and and Tom Cruise backs up, it kind of moves into Tom Cruise's POV. Hmm. This is the thing too. It's tricky. It's like it's guys who think about okay, so I'm, all with the same lens. All, all the so same that means lens. your focus puller has got to be yeah. on. Got to be but, on. Okay, <laughs> let me jump in real quick. What they've just described, not even counting the actors and the extras, couldn't have involved less than ten people. Right, mm. focus pullers, grips, people doing all kinds the of boom. stuff. Mm. The boom people, all of this stuff. This is mathematics. This is engineering. Right. This is a very complex trick to try to pull off. That's the nature of making a feature film, mm-hmm. right? Right. It isn't just hey, let me get some cool ass pretty people and mm-hmm. put them in yeah. some nice clothes. And there's a lot of math. And there's the, a, the beauty know, of it is because I, I, in fact, my previous, my the last episode of PD I just did, there was a scene I wanted to do. I said, guys, I want to do this in a Warner. Hmm. All right? 
I had the bare bones of this oneer, so I came with my idea, which is about a four. Right. AD came with some ideas that made it a six. Right. DP came, he made it an eight. Yeah. yeah. Actors came. What if this? they made it a ten? Yeah. Yes. Boom! We shot this whole two-page scene, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. So we, picture- I mean, we, we shot it about. I think on the fourth or the fifth take, we nailed it. Okay. Picture America's Greatest Dance Crew or mm-hmm. some show like that. Mm-hmm. Now, add cameras. Mm-hmm. Right. Add a guy who's jo- or a lady whose job is just to make sure you can hear it all, chasing mm-hmm. everybody around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> add a technician to put mics on bodies. Add all this happening in motion, right? right? Mm-hmm. Making sure everything's right. And then add in the background a whole separate dance crew, mm-hmm. okay, that has to match <laughs> and not stand out. But, but yeah. listen, but, but when you execute it. Yep. Look back at the crew. Mm-hmm. They the excitement on yep. their faces. Mm. I've had a couple of moments this year, man, where, like, I was shooting this helicopter sequence in this quarry on Chicago Med, right? Mm. Now, Chicago Med usually is all on the stages. Right. Not my episode. Mm. <laughs> helicopter crash. <Yeah. laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Let's go. Let's do that. Let's go. The, the beauty of it was, man, so we had these helicopters going around this quarry in the snow. I'm looking at the helicopter, but something told me, look back at the crew. And I look back at the crew, dude, mm. and this, I wish I had taken a photo of it because it was so amazing. You see all of these faces. You see all this wonderment mm. in these faces. I said, this is what gets us all on these sets. Right. Yep. It's this, That's why. This okay. is why. Right. And, and it was such a beautiful, pure moment because, I mean, I'm talking about from the age range from 23 to right. 60. Mm-hmm. And everybody's just like, <gasps> yep. that, that wonderment, man. Mm. We did and it, was, it was amazing. That's the, the movie, that, that's the movie magic because the, the, the thing is, is that anybody can get up there and do the coverage. <clears throat> That's when people say, "Oh, it's direct, direct, directing is like the monkey stuff," and it's like, well, because yeah. to a certain degree, it's like, well, you don't need to necessarily be there just to get coverage because right. because that's what anyone can do. Mm-hmm. But to come up with these shots that like people are amazed, and the the thing is, is that I, sometimes if if you're really good with these oneers or these kind of like kind of real camera stuff like that. The audience doesn't really notice it, right? But they do notice it. They don't think they notice it. The, yeah, because, because there's a there's the, the one thing about filmmaking. This is what again why it pissed me off when they were trying to cut the editing out of the Academy Awards. Is what were they thinking with that? Why would we're conditioned to, to to watch for cuts, right? Like and there's and there's, and there's always some e- there's this emotional break with our own attention span when you have a cut. So when you don't cut. The, then you know there's this the tension it's important keeps building and building and building but until you do cut and the you, filmmaker's telling you this is important pay attention yeah. to it but trip yeah. in the in the you guys were talking about the old movies I was thinking about um like double indemnity and mm-hmm, all those movies mm-hmm. like they like fade to black like in the sequence yep. so like there's eight of them and they, they fade yep. to black and they start yeah, back over you know, again okay. you can see them all coming back, you know yeah. Yeah. but in, in in uh the Netflix show 7 seconds mm-hmm. episode 2 and it was a, the last sequence uh Jonathan Demi directed it. Okay. And it was basically, this whole sequence is all on Regina King's face. Hmm. And she, we basically saw her go through every stage of grief. I said, she just got an Emmy. Wow. Right here. Right. And I saw it six months later, she got an Emmy. I'm like, that's <laughs> Emmy right there. And Jonathan was so savvy enough to say, we ain't cutting shit. Just we going to sit here and let this beast hmm. beast out. Right. And she beasted out. And when she had that final image a performance of acceptance mm-hmm. fade out. I said, that's it. But see, that's, that's what I'm it. talking about with the part 
departments, department heads and places of power. Everyone in this thing is an expert. Mm -hmm. The actors aren't like just little people who randomly are cute and whatever. They're experts. Mm -hmm. What you were saying, you had a sequence you wanted to do, and it got enhanced by the participation of the professional actors. Mm -hmm. Right? They can add to it if you respect them. Mm -hmm. Right? Because they've done so much, and they've seen people attempt stuff. Like this, and then fail. People uh, and just all work around it, or they say to them, "See, you know, the thing that a lot of actors don't, you know, they they don't. Some they say this, but it's like, like because the performance is so chopped up." There's a, spe- there's a specific type of acting you have to be able to do. You yes. know, like get to get to the tone, get to where they are emotionally, get to where this is before they get all of that really fast. That's what makes a, a good like film, TV, TV, t- TV film, actor. TV actor, be able yeah. to do that fast. But they would love to be able to do it in a, in the, the longer take because mm-hmm. it feels more organic, organic. to them. So, sure. so if you give them that shot, they like rise to the occasion. I mean, there's a really great scene that almost because no one has seen the show. But in this in season in season one of the Nick episode seven, which is the episode about the race riot, there's a wait. Is that the one where they're cutting people up in the 1800s? Yes. No, yes. I can't watch that show. <laughs> Great fucking yeah, Soderbergh, right? Soderbergh yeah, thing. I can't watch but that show. Sorry. In, 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 in season one, episode seven, there's this scene where the black guy, uh, what the fuck's his name now? I forget. He's in Castle Rock, and he, he's just there's a big race riot thing. But the last five minutes. Five minutes is a single take. Wow. Oof. And they come down these stairs and they have this conversation and this makeshift like uh, uh, um, like ER he has and it's just, and you're watching it and it's such a, the performances between these two, this, this woman and this man are so intense and they're going through like their whole, um, uh, uh, the, the, like, their whole arc of the season so far is now coming to like an explosion point at this moment. Mm-hmm. And then you, and it was over, I was like, he didn't cut, did he? Mm, like you didn't even realize it until like, you don't you realize it. In. You were you in so it. pulled in when it's done, and I was like, "I'm on my back. I'm just see if there's a cut." And there was no cut. And I was like, "Fuck!" And it was because because that's as exciting as as that no cut is for us as the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. But but you're still looking for that moment that everyone is lost because you want to get lost too when you're making it. You're like, "Fuck!" Like. Right. That because that's when you know because you know Jonathan Demi knew to end of that scene with Regina King he was like oh, this is gold for her this yeah. is money and and this is the shit that I because he had to be working he had to never work with her right. you know but mm-hmm. but working throughout that episode he was like oh she like. You know, she's she's a racehorse who's being held back. Held back. How do I let her go? It's a conductor with a virtuoso performer, right? They both respect each other. But the conductor's like, oh, they never let this second violin really go. Mm -hmm. I'm about to let this chick flex, right? Right? And then everyone's like, oh, where did this talent come from? It's like, you guys are idiots. She's been sitting here for two years. years. (laughs) You all don't know that she can do this? But you have to be out of your own way. It's always focus on the project. When in doubt, what makes the project better? Yeah. What makes the project and, and, and then also Finding these moments And this is what Actors really respond to I've learned When you find these moments That aren't written But fuel the writing yep. That are like Underneath that surface yep. That gives them shit To play with That says Let's give this Some gravitas mm-hmm. Now this moment This says this But let's talk about The intention behind it mm-hmm. And they'd be like There's nothing better Than an actor saying I got it. Yep. Right. You see it. You'd be you like, see oh, see, they're eyes. You can like, see them. Light switch. Light switch. Okay, but see, that's the one thing, you know, because I was in the um, the Playhouse thing for some time, you know, I, summer I was doing that. You just, you just, oh, Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. Plus. And it's like the one thing that you, this is where, you hear this all the time, that directors, 
get afraid of actors, don't know how to talk to them. Yeah, there's all that. All the time. You know, but 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 it's like your job, like your big job as the director is know the script. You have to know the stuff that the writers thought about, but mm-hmm. didn't put down. Right, which means you got to read that thing a lot and think about where's it, where's the shit, where's it? because yeah. that's the kind of thing you can go in there and say to the, uh, to the actors. Okay, so what's this scene really about? Yeah, and if you ask them that to kind of like to, to, that's their to, area, yeah, area of expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah to get Man, that, to, when you come at them with that, when, when you mm-hmm. come discussing story with not just the actors, man, when you discuss story with the DP, mm-hmm. with set decoration. Mm-hmm. With props, with wardrobe, you talking story, mm-hmm. man. These cats get so excited that 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 enlivens the meeting. Usually, okay, let's have this meeting. We going through the page. Like, no, 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 no guys. No, right. We talking about mood here. Right. In this era, it's X, Y, and Z. Right. In this neighborhood, it's this and this mm-hmm, and this. They're mm-hmm. like, you see props going. Oh, what is it? Was oh, What about this? Exactly. Love it. No, and that, oh, that's too much. And that goes yeah. back, right? Yeah, because yeah. you forget. People take these things for granted, but everyone appreciates the thing as a story. Right. Everyone. The person who's deciding that little filigree on the edge of the uniform in the 1600, <laughs> there were like 90 different filigrees. That yeah. person had to figure out which, which one, one was right and right. why it's yeah. right. Yeah. They're thinking about your story. So if you're just thinking about them, that's the person who brings me the the makeup. That's a, There's a quality of makeup. There's right. a, What do you want? Or how... What kind of sexy do you want your mm-hmm. your actor to be? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. There's different kinds of that. Yeah. How heavy? How light? Do you want her to look like she has no makeup on? Because she's going to have makeup on. But do you it's want her to look, look like she, she has doesn't? Makeup right? right? On. Yeah. All of that stuff because of the tone you're making. It's like 18 people making a moving painting together. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. But if you treat the other people like they're just cogs, they're not. Well, see, you yeah. see, this is, a, this is a great point you made. You guys made a great point about that. It's that. It's that. The 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 the. Every department will fuel their own creativity if you give them the the gasoline yeah. by talking story. Because the prop guy is going to go, "Hey, this is uh, you know, I'm doing something about Napoleon," mm-hmm. and you say, "You know what? At this time, this is the you know what? These are the first guys who made canned food." And you and, and and if you go up and tell the prop guy that he's gonna be like, motherfucker, are you sure? And then he might, you know, like do this deep dive into the whole time period and come at you with all this cool ass shit that you know because he's now excited yep. or she's excited, and then you just want to like focus that excitement and you know be, you know because hey, that's the biggest thing that you want to do as a director is get everybody excited about their craft because yeah. like because because they can get. Um, complacent, complacent because day after day, day after day, after day, after day. But you, but, 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 and and that is the intensity that you want to bring <clears throat> every day because they'll and, love you for it. And that's even on a show where the characters are in a hospital or an army or uh, uh, cops, where there's a lot of the same uniform. Right. Or, don't be fooled. Those people are going right. in on it exactly the and same you directed way. directed those too. Right? Ooh, right. If, as if it was a pirate show or right. superheroes. Right. Or, it's exactly the same. They take the same intensity. They're bringing their A game. But it's a real game. It's not, oh, that's just the guy I got this week. You know, I could have made those calls myself. No, yeah. you couldn't. Yeah. No, you couldn't. <laughs> Let me ask you, Carl. So, so you were starting to say earlier about, you know, trying to find your moments when you can show you on the, on the screen. Because mm-hmm. that's probably, the, I'm, I'm sure it's probably the biggest question you get, too, from directors who want to do is Like, how do I show my voice when I have to do what they want me to do? Like, mm-hmm. how do you manage that? And has it changed for you over the, over the years now that you've been it's, it's gotten stronger, man. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, because the more you do it, 
you get more of a genuine confidence, mm. not a false sense of bravado. And right. like it's a genuine kind of like, oh, this is gonna be dope. <laughs> this is gonna be dope. And right. then you do it, and it's dope. You're like, right. I knew it was gonna be. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> so you you just start to rely on your instincts, man. Because because you guys have the tone meeting, so they tell you like, here's what we're looking for, and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. You know, you 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 probably have shadowed because a lot of shows you guys get to go shadow to see exactly what's what sometimes, mm. <clears throat> and so. Like I'm just trying to figure out, like from the outside looking in, people listening in, going, "Yeah, but how do I show me when their look is this way?" Yeah. So each show is different. Yeah, I'm just trying to be a little more specific. And, yeah, yeah, each show is different, right? And it's a cumulative process. Mm-hmm. And some shows are so different, and it's all about you knowing your voice and how to season it with your shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. uh, man, I'm like, like. Even on a show like The Originals, mm-hmm. which dealt with vampires and werewolves, and so, it, it was a fictional world, mm-hmm. but it was dealing with the loss of a loved one. Right. So, you know, I can speak to my actors about the intention behind it because at the end of the day, this your, this your family. Right. You just lost somebody in your family. And you, you talk, if you keep these things, these, theme, these themes universal, mm-hmm. you can discuss them to anything. Yep. And, and also, knowing that script. You know, you you read it, you read it again, mm-hmm. then you read it again, and as you read it, you st- man, I swear to God, dude, it's, it's amazing how this happens, man. You get the script, like oh shit, okay, then you read it again, then you read it again, then you read it again, and things just start to click. Mm-hmm. You start getting ideas mm-hmm. just to add on things because you're always thinking about it from a story perspective. Like mm-hmm. how can I elevate this scene mm-hmm. to make it even doper? Ooh, what about this moment? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, what about this? Like there's a sequence I'm going to be doing on this next show I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. And it's all a despairing sequence. My idea is put a little moment of hope right in the middle of it. Mm. It's going to make all the despair around it resonate even more. Because right. giving you that little taste of hope, but this, this is where they could be, yeah. but this ain't where they're going to be at. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that just comes from, man, immersing yourself in, in the work mm-hmm. and, and you, you know, you're studying the script. And, and knowing as much about these characters' arcs as possible. Mm-hmm. So you know where they are, where they're coming from. Right. Not even about where they're headed. It don't matter where they're headed after you leave. It's really about here. It's, uh, what gets us up to this point. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and that allows you to start, okay, let me put me in here. Let me put this in here. Let me, let me, and, and, and then also moments of tension. Because you, right. you all, well, two things. You always want to raise the stakes. Mm-hmm. Always want to raise the stakes. And you always want to keep a level of tension. Like on, 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 on the Wolf shows, uh, what I've learned about my wonders and these, these master shots, you can make a wonder work, but let that tension diminish, that wonder's done. Mm-hmm. You're out. The, the minute they're looking at it like, yeah, I ain't feeling nothing no more. It's, it's, we're out right. of it. Mm-hmm. We're cutting. But if I can keep that level of tension building right. or at least plateauing enough to keep moving, to pivot, right. then, I, then I got a shot. So it just, man, just... Because I'm an eternal student, I'm always learning. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I've worked with some great producing directors that have been doing this for years. And they tell me, like, dude, I learn something every day. When a guest director comes in, I make sure I learn something from them. Mm-hmm. If I haven't learned something from you, I've failed at my job. I'm like, wow. that's dope. Yeah, that's I'm talking cool. about cats that have hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of work right. under their resumes. And they're still, they're still excited. They're happy to be there. I'm like, that's, that's dope. Mm-hmm. That's what it's up. So to, to answer your question, man, as you keep going, you start figuring out ways to put you in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then you start saying, okay, this isn't my language. This isn't even my world. 
So let me just be as real and as authentic as possible. Mm-hmm. So another part of me is I'm always striving for a, a high degree of authenticity in whatever I'm doing. It could be some sci-fi shit, whatever, but I want it to feel real. Yeah. I want you to believe that this moment is happening. So that's like my foundation. See, I, I so grew the, from there. The, the, okay. this is something I want to ask you about that. This is, this is kind of what I'm hearing. I think a, a, a mistake that a lot of people, directors, might be thinking is, my voice as a director is what I do visually. Mm. And what I'm hearing from you is, no, 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 no. It could be how I approach the scene. How am I directing the scene? How am I looking at the way this scene is fitting in the Yeah, that's exactly to, what to I was hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have the luxury of trying to say, I'm going to do this visually in this moment. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to shoot this scene in silhouette. Motherfucking, no, not the whole scene. The whole but scene. That's, that's, that's the way that in, you, in your head as a filmmaker, you might say, yeah, cause, because I want them to be in dark and at the end, I'm going to come into the light. You know, like that's what the scene's telling mm-hmm. me. But that maybe not, that might not fit with the, the, the language of the show. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thing that you told me in that email. You were like, <clears> figure <throat> out what the box is. You said, figure out what the box of the show is. Figure out, because that's, you know, people, some people always tell you that the constraints are like force you to be more creative, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, hey, I can't come in here and fucking do these steady can shops that I like to do these. I can't do that. Yeah. But where else can I say me in a scene? Mm-hmm. You know, like, or, and, and that, I mean, is, is that what you're saying, right? Is it because, because a lot of times your directing is your point of view on the scene. Not, and that is not always limited to what you're doing visually. You know? well, the visual aspect is one aspect of yeah. it, but you have to think of it in totality. Mm-hmm. And story trumps everything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and sometimes you may have a dope-ass visual. Dope. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't fit here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm always one of those guys where it's like, I got this dope-ass shot, but it's on some, hey, look at me, look at me directing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not what it's about. When not all this moment requires is a subtle push. That's right. That's it. Because the moment ain't the directing. Or the moment ain't the camera move, the moment is what's going on in their eyes, mm-hmm. reacting yeah. to this information. And even when we use you know? these terms, close-up, master, wide, uh, medium, all of these things, you could literally stack up 10, 15 shots that fit that description, but don't look alike, mm-hmm. right? Sure, sure. So you can still be doing it by their numbers and mm-hmm. still, like, how close is the close-up, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Be, like yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah, right. yeah, You're yeah, over be. the shoulder. Where did we, where <laughs> did we shoot the over the shoulder from, <laughs> right. you know? Things like that. It's not like you're tricking the the producers. I'm sitting in as producer right now. You're not tricking us when you do that. It might be a flavor we hadn't thought of, and that's part of why we ask Carl, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not like the directors are interchangeable. That's a that's a fallacy coming from film to TV. Mm-hmm. Oh well, every director it could be anybody. You just grab a film student. It's really the DP that does everything. Mm-hmm. All that. No, he's got a flavor he's bringing that we want. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. within the context of this show, yeah. like I normally write sci-fi, but if somebody hires me on a light comedy, you know, I'm going to write that. I'm not going to suddenly say, "And they're also aliens." I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to write my way in their show. So that's and if you do the thing that it, that the thing that made us want to bring in a new director, mm-hmm. if you do that thing in our show, bring that flavor that we liked in our show, even though it stays our show, he's coming back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, oh, we like that flavor. In fact, other directors after him. Remember that show? Yeah. The episode five of last season? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. You mean the Carlson? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That yeah. one. The mm-hmm. one you remember, yeah. we're going to be doing a lot more like that. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you don't That's even, the highest compliment. Exactly. Right. That's the exactly. highest compliment. Right. Say, when can you come back? When can you come How back? How soon can we have you? Right. That's the highest compliment. John Frakes is one of our directors on both Leverage and on the, um, and on the Librarians. He was great. He used to be an actor, still is to some degree. Mm-hmm. Actors love him. He knows, how, he knows he's grew up on sets. He knows everything about the actual directing part, all the producing part, too. This guy is like a director's director from a TV point of view because he comes in, he puts his little stamp, whatever that is, on it, but everyone's happy to see him. Hmm. And not because he's so sweet. He is. But partly it's because we know we're not going to have any big problems, right? The, the actors can talk to him in mm-hmm. their language. Everyone on the set knows he knows what they're all doing. Every department is happy to see him because he knows what they're... And the produ- production side, the writing production side, and the... The other production side, they're like, okay, he speaks our language too. He's not out here to tell us how to do our show right because we've been doing it wrong for the last four years. Mm-hmm. He's not that guy, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But actually, throw all that away, the finished product is the show and it's his episode of the show. Mm-hmm. It's both of those things. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the dance, yeah. right? Absolutely. And <clears throat> I, some people can do it. Some people can't. You know, Just like some people can write novels and they can't write short stories. Right. It's yeah. not, nothing against you. You've got to try it. But not everyone's made for every version of filming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think with episodic television, as a director, you have to have a high degree of social intelligence. Yep. Mm. You got to know. How, you you got to know the temperature of the room, right. all room, culture, the culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they'll and they'll give you the lay of the land. They'll tell you this is what you're walking into. Yep. Right. You know Buzz what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, so check it out, bro. Have a seat. Here's, <laughs> here's what you're getting into. Like, okay, all right, it. okay, all right. And and and, and it's, once you get that lay of the land, it's like, okay, how can I? Maneuver in this lay of the land effectively right. and not lose myself in this lay of the land. And respect the expertise. Absolutely. Respect so the you, other people. Man, my people. thing is respect the expertise, show up to work, work hard, have a good time working, mm-hmm. applaud, thank people for their effort, their, their ideas, their creativity, their performances. I mean, I give love to everybody mm-hmm. and show gratitude, man, because to me, every day I'm on set is a win. Exactly, you know, because, right? Yeah, it's a Just, win. That's real. Like you said, it is a win because there I could be in a lot of different places, right. and I've been a lot of different places. Shitty, so I'm like, we've been in a lot of shitty jobs. That is real. Yeah, that is real. You know what? It's the thing that I I I tell this people what I do on the movies is the end of every day. I thank everybody. Absolutely, I go out of my way to absolutely thank everybody. Shake everybody because hand. you know from the, the the. I mean, sometimes sometimes I have to interrupt the grips and the putting shit on the truck. But it's like, hey, I just want to let you know. I, I know you're trying to get out of here, man, dude. Sure. Why? But that, thank that, you. That goes so far with crew because I do that with every show. Don't do it every, if you don't mean it, guys. I, don't don't just do it. You have to mean it. You, oh, have, to, you have to mean it. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of every day, you know, because. At the end of every day, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, we made the day. Right. And I'm excited about the work that got done. And I know I couldn't have done it without you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, that's just me. Just, just I've been doing that since my very first film. And it came from my first film because we, our budget was so low. We couldn't really afford to pay people their normal day rate. Mm-hmm. They were getting a fraction of that. Right. So I said, how Everybody's can I let these doing people favors, know? Right. Yeah. So I said, how can I let people know how grateful I am of, of, of that I am... I'm honored for them to be giving me their expertise at a fraction. So every day I reminded them how grateful I was. Mm-hmm. And I carried that with me to this day. It don't matter what show I'm on. I'm going to let you know. Because, and I've had a couple crew people, ADs, grips, whatever, like, man, dude, you know, I've been doing this job for years. 
and I've never gotten this kind of acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Amen. An acknowledgement goes a long way because True. we all work our asses off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People say, well, you're putting in 14 hours. What you think this taste is putting in? <laughs> no joke. He's here an hour or two before no you get joke. here. And he'll be here after you leave. So That's right. Now what? You know what I'm saying? We all in this. So when you acknowledge, I mean, and it's, it's not just the crew. It's the office. If you acknowledge folks, it's the execs. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. The writer like, Matt, thank you. Mm-hmm. For this insight Like man I love my tone meetings man mm-hmm. My tone meetings Two, three hours mm-hmm. Cause I'm gonna ask questions Because the tone meeting Gives you the cheat code mm-hmm. You want a map quest Or a ways Tone meeting Give you all that yep. mm-hmm. So then when you on set You're not lost Because if you, if you took copious notes In this tone meeting You know exactly Where you need to be Where you wanna be How you want this to go down Because Do sometimes you-, you can plan something You get to the set that day And from some, some odd circumstance mm-hmm. It ain't working So you gotta throw All that out right. And be like Alright That ain't working Plan B Right Or plan C right. Sometimes plan D Do you record Your tone meetings Or are you just mm-hmm. Taking notes I just take notes okay. And I'm old school On a pad Taking yeah. notes yeah, okay. I got scriptation man mm-hmm. I try to do that But I'm old school man I like having My script in my binder mm-hmm. I like taking notes So I can see The evolution of these notes right. From day one of prep to the Tommy, mm-hmm. and I go back and look at these notes. I'm like, that's how I, also how I get familiar with the context of the script mm-hmm. and and how I want to execute my game plan. So, yeah, I take a lot of notes. I take a lot of notes, and it, like I said, when you when you and, and I also have a lot of questions mapped out to, to discuss. And if I can have a pre tone meeting, that's even better. Right. A couple of days, like day one or two of prep. If I can have a pre pre tone meeting, just mm-hmm. to kind of get the overview in the macro sense. Mm-hmm. Then we have a tone meeting. It's more micro oriented. So it's just about getting information right. and getting clarity about the information. Right. And when you get the clarity about the information, it allows you to execute on a higher level. You know, so that's where that's that's where that comes from. But I, I enjoy tone meetings because, you know, you, you get the. I mean, you, you may be seeing it one way, and in the tone meeting, you're talking to me like. Oh, why didn't you see it like that at all? That could have easily been and, a close. And you, Jeff, when you when you were working with your director mm-hmm. for your episode, you were about to mm-hmm. the, produce. Mm-hmm. How do you like working with them when you do it? Um, yeah, well, as a model, everything he just said is right. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some personalities work better than other personalities <laughs> together. But um, I know in the last season that I was on of Librarians, uh, we we were running. We got we hit a money wall, mm-hmm. so we were like, well, we we're asking them to do a lot of craziness. But we're not getting any more money than y'all got last year, so you have to figure something out. So what we did was, in 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 addition to the pre-tone meeting, or part of the pre-tone meeting was, which we didn't used to do, because we shot in Portland and everything else was down here, mm-hmm. we would fly the writer up with the director. Like I'll give an example. I wrote an episode which took place that was supposedly on an island, mm-hmm. one mansion on an island. Yeah. And I wrote this thing with very specific yeah. things that had to happen within this house. Right. right, The house had to be a certain way, very gothic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now... Just because I say it exists doesn't mean it exists in Portland. Right? Talk to locations. Right. So locations had to come in on it. We right. blew, me and the director went up, and they, they'd already found a couple of places, but we found, we found one we, that they liked. They think this will float all boats because we're gonna we're basically going to be camped here. Right? So me and the director walked the space as well as talking about the script. We walked the space because yeah. there was not an exact match right for what I wanted to have happen in mm-hmm. room X maybe room X is a little bigger here do we need it to be there could it be in the pantry instead things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. but we also ended up because of the logistics, ever flow of conversation of logistics mm-hmm. it also bled into story so when he <clears throat> sat down to um, begin directing I also had gone home to do a rewrite mm-hmm. which I had not 
come in with that in mind, but it was like, well, and not just different moving things into spaces. I was like, well, if that's going to happen like this, well, once you this, saw the once you saw yeah, the location, I can made do you this other scene. That. But it wasn't just like they could have flown me up alone, and I could have right. done some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was us together. Mm-hmm. Being a unit going, bump, 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 bump. Oh, okay, cool. When the Nissan, all these sliding doors, right. I didn't even picture the sliding doors. Mm-hmm. We can do a whole bit with the sliding doors. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And that will change this, you know. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're going Bless home you. and you're, you're changing maybe six pages of work mm-hmm. that you would have never changed had that meeting not happened. Yeah. But also, he, who technically has worked on the show before, but our show was very weird because it was both uh, both serialized and episodic. Mm-hmm. So one show, having worked on episode five, doesn't mean you were working on anything. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I like. I personally, I come from. I came through acting to get here. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much more. Uh, let you know, go team whatever the show is. Like I wear the team jersey, yeah. but. Um, you also get a sense of where they're coming from and what they can do best. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like tone meetings. I think I like production meetings for all the reasons you've already yeah. laid out. But I've noticed that there are people, writers, a lot of writers, and you're describing directors this way too. I'm, uh, they come at it from either just the writing or just the visual, and they don't understand that there's a component of humans Right, that mm-hmm. they're not puppets in your head. That's mm-hmm. an actual person who has to realize this, and they also have opinions about it mm-hmm. that aren't wrong. That's a big. That's a big thing I learned as an actor is that different opinions doesn't mean there's one right one and one wrong one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes an actor can tell you something, or a director can tell you something coming from a visual or from an internal emotional point of view mm-hmm. that you, as the writer, even though you invented the thing, you think you made up the character or whatever. Yeah, but they had to be it, or I got to show it. What about this? And oh, I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's not what I would have done. But is it wrong? Mm-hmm. And that's a big question I make myself ask. Just because I wouldn't have done it, does that mean it's wrong? I think those only come from conversation, right? right? The, the more distance we have between us, the more you're just a guy. In the I can field, interpret it right loosely, right? And mm-hmm. the, also, the more tense it becomes, right? Like I feel I always I always talk about us as we're the CIA. Back at headquarters in DC, mm-hmm. and these guys are the guys on the front line of Vietnam. The field operator, right? Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. the, they're 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 the soldiers, right? So I don't. Want, I'm going to send out my guy to talk to the soldiers in the field. I'm going to talk to the general because he's got a chessboard or something. Right. I'm going to send out a little operative to talk to Carl. Uh, what are these people actually doing when you come sweeping through? Because they're telling us they're doing some stuff and our numbers aren't <laughs> right. What are they actually doing, mm-hmm. right? So we get a vibe, yeah. bypass all that crap. Right, there's got to be a sense of team, and it can only happen with personal contact. You can't do it over, not as easily. Right. I wouldn't say got to because sometimes shows are in different countries. That, that's one idea I would I would suggest to shows to bring the writing team, oh, the writing uh, staff to set to where I it is. I, I not even on production. No, I swear just by that. Walk the stages. Yep. Mm-hmm. Walk these locations as much as you Feel can. Feel them. Be Feel them. Yeah. Because that will help infuse the writing as well. Because sometimes you write specifically and trying to find those locations like okay what is it which makes you say okay we're not going to find this location so what is this scene really about and yes exactly and then you do a show like let's say you know the the hospital shows where Mm -hmm. there's a standing set where it's a lot of the action is in there what you'll find is the actors have personalized those areas that they're in a lot either Mm -hmm. the actor themselves or the actor with the set deck people Mm -hmm. and the props they've designated their space they've got a space staked out Mm -hmm. but it's got Mm -hmm. personal things in in there Mm -hmm. that aren't scripted that aren't Anything to do sure. except character stuff. Little, um, again, I'm gesturing. Little, sort of what we call Photos granular. Of family we never see, or right, whatever. The granular stuff right. that all adds to the overall. 
those are helpful. Yeah. And anything that can enhance the sense of team that we're all making this as a unit, mm-hmm. um, everyone has their area of power, right? And you shouldn't step over that line. But you also have to respect that the other person has that area of power as well, mm-hmm. right? What is it that show uh, Avatar of the Last Airbender? Only one, only the executive producer above all of us, the showrunner, mm-hmm. is the avatar. <laughs> the rest of us are airbenders, waterbenders, firebenders, Water or whatever. <laughs> and you have to respect, you know, like, you know, I might know everything about waterbending, but that firebender just kicked my ass, man. Yeah. You know, and it, I, it's, I'm being silly about it, but it is like that, right? And so, yeah, I, I like this. I, and I, I swear by this. The, mm-hmm. There has to be a visceral thing for the writer. And, not, and writers, I've noticed... A lot of them don't come up learning the set stuff, right? They'll come in like writer is king, mm-hmm. just do as I say, and I can. You can almost watch the ripple behind him, like who is this motherfucker? <laughs> who does this motherfucker? I know his name's on the script, but who the fuck does he think he right. is? That's also the evolution of television as well. True, because it once it was were. writer was the king. Mm-hmm. They were, but because TV's become much more cinematic, right. the balance of power is equalizing. It's, it's equalizing. Mm-hmm. It's not quite there yet, but. Mm-hmm. They're realizing that the directors are part of the storytelling yeah. as well, and so. that's good. By it's the great. way, I, I, it's great. I, I applaud this this uh, shift. Absolutely. Well, because this, this the thing that I love more than anything is um, going to the set. You know, oh, I love sets because I love sets. you know I tend to do some rewriting on stuff once I've been to the set. Mm-hmm. You just like you guys have been saying, like you see stuff that it's it's in your head. When you're putting it on paper and, it's, and, and, and there's a space in your mind, but you want to be flexible enough to, um, I mean, you have to be flexible enough to go, oh, this is the new, this is the real layout. Right. This is what we're at, this is what Boots on the Ground is, is dealing with right. this. Oh, it's a lot smaller in here than I thought it yeah. is. Yeah. Or it's a lot bigger. Or, right, right. you know what? Where's that balcony? They got a balcony. Yeah. I didn't even know we had a balcony. Yeah, you know, because yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause yeah. the set people built some shit that's just like, just crazy. I mean, you know, like you, sometimes you go to sets and you're just like, they did so much that I didn't even consider. Mm-hmm. And now that it's here, well, I mean, shit, I, I mean, is there a way I can use it? Yep. Is there a way that I can use it to enhance mm-hmm. what, the, what the story is? Right. But you're not going to know that unless you go to the set. Look, writing you wise, know? if you respect your if you respect your designers, if you respect your set deck people, all that stuff, mm-hmm. without actors, without anybody, one of the things I love to do on librarians was walk around in the library. Mm-hmm. It's a fake library. It's not a real library. Most of those books <laughs> don't even move. They're just like weird shelly things that look <laughs> yeah. like books. But you can walk up those stairs. You can sit in different parts of the the space. Mm-hmm. You can sit at different desks. And again, some of the stuff's personalized mm-hmm. and whatever. If you don't come out of there with more story ideas than you walked in with, you need to hang it up because these people are thinking about this stuff just as deeply as you are, Mm -hmm. just as deeply. Even though you're writing it, they are just as deep in this game. So, you know. Cool. Well, thanks, man. That was good. (laughs) Mr. Carl Seaton. Yeah. I got a catalog of uh, shit to go dig into now. Like things I've watched already. I'm like, wait a minute. I already saw this man's work. Nine, now I got to go back and watch it again. Nine shows since yeah, August. Up, man? Just trying to work, man. Just trying That's to work. That's good. What's the, what's the next show you got? What's going uh, on? I started prep on Snowfall. Really? Oh, hell. Oh, Snowfall right now. Yeah. 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 Shout yeah. out to John Singleton oh, by the time yeah. this comes out. Yeah. Oh, He'll oh, be recovered, uh, right? You know who? <sighs> Leonard Chang is on that. Yeah. Yeah. So is Tash. Yeah. Oh, he's okay. Yeah. Tash did episode. I'm doing episode eight. I mm-hmm. think Tash wrote episode three mm-hmm. or five. I forgot right. which one. So yeah, cool. Okay. 
Yeah. And it's in LA, so I get to shoot something. Get to stay home. I can sleep all day. You got to go into the hood, but you'll be there. Hey, man, I've been in Chicago. That's right. That's right. I was in the hood. I was in Brooklyn, the Bronx, Harlem. Let me ask you a quick question. When you guys do stuff like, I don't mean to interrupt you, when you guys have to shoot, like, say, in the fucking jungle or in South Chicago or whatever, do they, like, make you drive to a certain spot and everybody drives in a van there or are you supposed to just drive yourself there? Yeah, well, well, on the Chicago shows, I have a driver that drives me off on location. Okay. But, but, more, but more importantly, mm-hmm. there is a map of the city. Yeah. <laughs> And they they show you this map. You better stick they to say, this map. Okay, so you see, every, and it's a, it's a grid hmm. of white, red, and white, and red. Hmm. If it's red, you can't shoot there. Okay. If it's red and white, possibly depending on the temperature of the climate. That if it's dead. white, you can shoot there. And I totally understand why. Hmm. And it's funny because where I grew up at was blood red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, you know, you know what's up. That makes sense. You know okay. what's up. I'm about that to say sense. that. You're rolling with rolling sixties over yeah. here, but like three blocks over, you're exactly. fine. But, right? but, and I totally get it, man. Because God forbid, you're. Sh- I mean, you're all, you're on set all day. You got a PA doing lockup right. and fucks around and gets shot on mm-hmm. some random shit. Mm-hmm. That's shutting production down indefinitely. Absolutely. So you have to be smart like that. Number one. Number two. Just because you shoot a movie or a TV show mm-hmm. doesn't mean the neighbors give a fuck about that oh, TV no show joke. or that movie. No All joke. they know is, what do you mean I can't park on yeah. my street? And you're loud. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Why is this light on in my bedroom? Yeah. I got to get up at 6 in the morning. <laughs> they are not happy. They ain't trying to hear that. Yeah, so like, they're getting paid for yeah. the inconvenience. Yeah, it looks like the moon yeah. outside. It looks like the moon outside. <laughs> What's going on out here? I mean, I mean, like I said, they're happy for the first 15, 20 minutes, maybe yeah. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> hour seven. Like, in, yeah. Y'all still out here? Yeah. So. Because he, it all depends, man. I mean, it's funny because, like, like I have my cut. Well, it's funny because on my block where I live, they shoot so much shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It's so crazy. It's like I mean, there's a lot of historical buildings. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's so funny, and it's, so it's mm. like every time, um, you know, they got to put these 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 location things. Hey, mm. and like next week we're gonna come and we're gonna shut right. down, and, and, and the streets gotta be shut down for like this day to this day, you right. know. And then there's always that day where. You come in at night and they're like, "Oh, you can't park on the on the block at all because it's like no parking to you know no parking here for the next two days." Right? Um, and you're like, "Oh yeah," because the next thing you know, there's grip trucks and all this shit all down the block. Um, I mean, it, you know, whatever. To me, I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." I mean, I mean, they've shot like I remember they they even shot fucking. Um, like uh, Rizzolian Isles, they would shoot in our in our little alleyway, our parking lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is so wild," but but you just but I can imagine. People who aren't cool with that shit. Oh, there's a people. lot of people. Well, that's the thing, dude. Like, you can like shut a production down if you. Yeah, play it, right? they'd be really fucking mad. <laughs> nah. See, it's, that's that's it's hard to shoot in LA. Yeah, yeah. because everybody knows the game here. They're right? savvy. Yeah. Homeowners associations be like, nope, don't you put these trucks here? Right. And, and, gonna break and, us off and, a bunch of money. Like I remember when I was shattering on one show, we were shooting in this spot on, Ven- in, on near Venice Beach, and I saw this beach bum watching everybody unload. <laughs> he <laughs> sat there watching. And the minute they started, you know, prepping to shoot, he went in the house. And you know, you hear this music just playing. He put a speaker in the window, jacked his shit up. Gonna pay me to shut it. Location went over there with cash, cut it off. He said, cool. That's how I get my rent. (laughs) He just sat there like, didn't say anything. I'm about to make some money. Locked in, he's Mm. like, locked. Wow. Yeah. So, a, I mean, we it's, did a, it's a hustle game. So, we used mm. to do this thing on leverage. We call them zooms, right? Where we, it looks cool, but you just, you're shooting a normal scene, change it, everybody's freeze. Everybody freezes, change the shutter speed, 
and you zoom in on somebody, but it looks like a static, one of those weird static. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's almost like bullet time. Right. It's a trick version of bullet time. So we did this one. We'd, take, we'd lock down this whole office building, we thought. Right? <laughs> we thought. But we had locked out was like the lobby, entire lobby floor, and this two floors above it, and nobody, and everybody notified everyone, but mm. somebody had not told this one office, mm. right? So we did this whole thing. It's very complex. All these moving parts, everyone has to freeze and stay frozen at the same time, and they can't look all frozen at the, you know, you know, right? right? So you got a lot of, you got a lot of background players that have to really be finessed because maybe their first time at work, all that stuff. So doing all this stuff was really great shot. It was one of these like, it would have been a master in, of a move, except we did this break in the middle. Mm. But the camera freezes too. Elevator dings, and this <laughs> lady walks out. It's like, where are y'all people getting out of this building? Blah blah blah. And half of us were like, is this new? Is this like a part of the shot? Like whatever. <laughs> she was mad because no one had notified her her little right. business that was on the third or fifth floor. Mm-hmm. It was just a weird mistake. Like they'd moved in in the weird time space between mm-hmm. things. They hadn't got the notification. She shut us down for two hours while we worked it out. Wow. Mm, yeah. And she That's was not having it. Time she yeah. was, she was, I don't care about all these people. Yeah. I don't care about whatever money they're spending. You are disrupting my day. We yeah. will be solving this now. Wow. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's I rough. mean, L- LA has gotten the game figured out because it's just because of longevity wise. Yeah. <clears throat> Atlanta's getting there. Yeah. You know? And uh, Chicago's all still right. starting to figure it out because there, there are more and more productions coming. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, cert- there's certain areas of the city that are just untapped that you mm. just can't shoot in. Yeah. Because you can't control the knuckleheads. Right. They'll and I wouldn't even try that. Yeah. All you know the security saying? in the world ain't going to do you no know, good. Man, no. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Because all the shows have a connection with the police department. Mm-hmm. Right. And the police department will let you know, like, oh, yeah, y'all ain't going to shoot that. Yeah. <laughs> Where? Y'all ain't shooting that. Yeah. Right. You can't. You, now, you can stage shoot. that in this area, but you're not shooting on that block. Right. Them knuckleheads. It's not worth it. Light your ass up. Yeah. And you'd be like, what happened? They shot up the truck. Yeah, you yeah. can't. It's just not, and it's, like you said, it's just not worth it. And, and a, a, a universal or a studio of that magnitude, mm-hmm. they ain't trying to be, no. no. What, you say, what now? Okay, we're moving on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man, got time to fight. Like, it's not worth it. It's, it's interesting because it's like, um, you know, every once in a while, you know, you see, you know, I remember I was watching um, uh, Bodies of Lies, you know, a movie called Body of Lies. The, mm. the, this, like, they're shooting all over. You know, these movies are shooting in the Middle East. Right. And you're kind of like, how do I do this? Well, right. you know, like it's, you shoot Prague and you say it's elsewhere because it has the same similar architecture, or you shoot. Uh, no, uh, they're there, but right? Is the, that what you're talking yeah, about? These people but you can shoot in Tunisia and not shoot in Syria, and it's the well, same design. You can say that, yeah, but you know, but I mean, you, but you're right. You do that, and you say to yourself, okay, they got to find a place that really like swings it, but right. still has the. That's why locations get so needs to get so, so much props. Yeah, because they 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 because there was a movie that um. I can't remember some some movie I saw a British movie, and they fake they fake Syria mm-hmm. in southern Spain, right? You know, wow. and they, they they went in and I mean and and the locations and the and the look and the set people came in and really did a fucking bang up job because what, you wouldn't know the win they have over us. The one thing that like the United States is better than Europe because we have every location except jungle on the continent, like yeah. everything. But what they have is the Mediterranean and all that history. So you could be in Greece and claim it's somewhere, somewhere else, else because yeah. so much of overlapping yeah. uh, architecture and design from all the cultures, which are technically the same culture, but you can you can finesse it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love that show Alias for that 
like because Ailey shot in L.A. Everybody in L.A. LA every moment of Ailey's was shot mm-hmm. in L.A. Yeah. And they were like Bucharest and yeah, like Tibet. And yeah. it wasn't all plates. Some yeah. of it was plates, but a lot of it was, where did they find this Chinese open market? <laughs> yeah. Like, this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. like really nice. The yeah. locations, man, y'all get props. They get mad props, man. Like even the, the, the uh, locations person for Narcos that got killed is... It's, it's a tough job. Sure. Because you know, you're trying to find locations to feed into that authenticity of the mm-hmm. story. Yep. And like you said, risking your life. You may be shooting everything in LA. Like, okay, how can I make Watts? Where can I find a Watts that's not Watts? Right. You'd be like, Pacoima. Huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you just, San Bernardino. Yeah, San Bernardino. What are they talking you, you, about? You, 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 you know, it's supposed what, to be what, the way what, Vegas looked in like 1972. Mm-hmm. So we're going to yeah. shoot in Reno. Well, you said the location people know. That's all what you were saying before about their professionalism. They right. know where the fuck everything's gonna look like. I mean, those guys yeah. are driving around yeah. and they and they see a spot that's like that could be here at this time. I mean, there was that movie uh, nice guys, remember nice guys? Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. a lot of that was shot in Atlanta. Yeah. Because the guy knew that there's parts of Atlanta that look like LA from the seventies. Right. And you watch the movie and there's a few shots that are here. No, I love that. When I especially as long as I've lived in LA, because I'm not you're born here. Were you born oh, Chicago. 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 Okay. Like, um, I've been here since I was like 14, 15 years old, so I'm kind of an Angelino, but not like a real born Angelino. Mm-hmm. But still, so I feel like I know the city. If somebody can shoot in L.A. and show me some stuff, like if they found a way to shoot, you know, wherever, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, hats off. I'll stand up and applaud and cheer because a lot of cities are shot out, mm-hmm. right, you think. Right, mm-hmm. like I, there's no place in New York I feel like I have not already seen right. at this point. Yeah. Even though it's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Chicago's not shot out yet. Yeah, it's not. Right? Shot there's out. a lot of Chicago yeah. nobody's ever seen. Well, that's you know what that show Bosch does that. Yeah. Like Bosch finds Bosch. places in LA. You're like, where the fuck did Where's they find that? this? How can I never where, know like, this? I've never seen mm-hmm. this shit. I mean, yeah. there's spots in LA that are untapped. Just mm-hmm. like the spots in Chicago that are untapped, they'll probably remain untapped. Well, yeah, there's places you ain't <laughs> you know, never gonna get. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> never. The reason why you won't like I remember <laughs> when they were shooting training day and when the blood stole. Oh the yeah, car. they went. They went. They went what? to the jungle. They they shot in the jungle. Like, yeah, y'all, y'all think you're slick? And, but the, no. and the blood stole the car. And we're like Denzel and the director got to come talk to us. <laughs> Did you see the? Um, there was a back in the like I think in the early '90s or late late '80s. Think of early '90s. The that Ted Koppel show Nightline. They were shooting in Detroit talking about how Detroit was declining and nobody was paying right. attention it was like his big thing was Detroit you know one's paying attention to Detroit in the <laughs> middle of the live broadcast brothers stole the broadcast truck <laughs> I was like well that makes the point doesn't it yeah. <laughs> damn damn, yeah. damn. Uh, there's places you can't go there's just on that note <laughs> y'all yeah. crazy yeah Thank you, man. That was a good, good episode. Yeah. Hey, always a pleasure, man. Yeah, hey, man. y'all keep keep killing it, man. Keep uh, giving this game out and you know letting the uh, the enthusiasts know that you know if you you do the work and you pursue the craft, the craft, right. man, you just elevate. You keep growing and keep growing and don't and ever I, stop growing. And I keep meeting people who are like, yeah, I met I met Carl Seaton. He told me to listen to the show, so oh, I always appreciate it. Every time I speak to filmmakers, students, or whatever, I this is one of the benchmark shows. Like, if you want an overview about writing right. and the craft and f- fuse with the business of it, because you know, film school teaches you the craft and mm-hmm. elements of the craft. They don't tell you much about the business, right. and it's more business than craft. Mm-hmm. But and you have to learn that on your own. It's like yeah. sink or swim. Yeah. So a, a, a platform like this gives you game, and you, they give it to you. You all give it in a way where it's not like spinach. 
kale. It can be saying? fun too. You it's can, fun. Learning can be fun. It's kale. highly digestible. <laughs> wrong with like, you know what I'm saying? Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with kale. kale. Yes, <laughs> that is a lie. That kale is great for the body, but, yeah, but would you but, you want to eat raw kale all day, dude? No, no. just give me a hand of sand. I'd rather no. eat the sand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's so good for the body, but I mean, like I said, and you all do it in a way that it's digestible. It's entertaining. When uh. Your other co-host Who, who shall that? remain What's that? What's that lady I don't believe she exists You hear that Lisa I don't believe you're real Wow I think you like You like Siri <laughs> Wow Lisa Bolacazzi As Siri Yep I don't think she's Damn. real I said this is this He is calling a, you out This is a black girl unicorn he said, You wanna battle me You wanna battle You wanna piece of me You wanna piece of me Huh Oh my god real? Black girl that surfs I knew wow. it This is your queen This is your queen yeah. <laughs> I knew it I said it's too good to be true it's funny because I, you know, I, 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 find it, I meet people like occasionally. Like, I was on the Paramount lot the other day, mm-hmm. and two people ran up to me. They're like, "Oh, you're the guy from the from the podcast." I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit, what is this?" I really not a, need to knock but him on this it's, podcast um, anymore. It's interesting. We are distinct. Shit. Y'all have distinct ass voices. If I'm in Ralph's and I hear your voice, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm in Ralph's, I hear your voice, I'm like, Chris. All, all y'all have very distinct voices, and I, like I, I said, it's, it's it's Monday morning crack, man. I'm That's like, okay, right. I'm gonna get it in. If, 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 if not Monday morning. It's my next workout, or when I'm walking or something, I'm, I'm gonna get it in. He makes it feel like he's in some you're in somebody's living room. That's the problem, right? Yeah, Where I'll just say whatever because it's all Hillier and Chris and whatever. <laughs> and then I realize yeah. there's a mic. I, I, first time we did it, I was like, hey, <laughs> um, "Did I call Gwyneth Paltrow a bitch on that episode?" I mean, I was trying in a positive way, sort of, but maybe. What? But then a week later, he went, like, "Nah, screw it, fuck that." Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's like the, the other day I was at this mixture thing and I was talking with um. Um, with Luther, you know mm-hmm. Luther Mason. He was like, "Did you go to that mixer, the WGM? You were there? No, the, I was there. The, I came at yeah. the, I came about three hours into it. Okay, no, the last Thursday. We, no, we no, had no, date no. night. I couldn't. No, 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 no. Well, they're going to do a lot more. They need, they needed to have been doing that for like the last thirty years. They're supposed to do yeah. one next week, but they canceled it. What, what is this you all people? talking about? You know the fight the writers are having with. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Agent. Okay, yeah, so yeah. they on Twitter they put together the writers mix, which we'd never ever <clears> done in the Writers Guild ever. Now, what is the writers mix? They just chose a bar in in uh, yeah. Los Feliz and show and, up. It was packed. I'm like five. Oh, that's dope. People, Between like 500 and 500 people, people showed up. Over that's the dope. Of the evening. And what was the the purpose of this mixer? Just to just get to together. Just you know and, what? And just, Have you ever been in a room with more than five writers where it wasn't just a bitch session? Right. Where it was just people sitting around Well my contract did this And that stupid right. star did this And the director did that And the producers are fucking this, man This is this about just You work on this show We need a writer You know what yeah. You need to meet this dude meet Because so-and-so. it's like Oh that was dope it's That's crazy. dope it's That's crazy. really dope The guild's been doing A whole bunch of stuff Which yeah. partly it's They finally it's the figured staffing out what, from what, year, what year they live in Latoya now. Morgan and all right? them yep, But yep. also mm-hmm. People have been putting people up For gigs People Smaller people yeah. Like hey I, I got referred to one yesterday Hey, yeah. I've been referring people mm-hmm. like as I'm trying to get referred, mm-hmm. I'm also referring people. Right. Something that like, duh, we should have been doing this anyway. So you know what this is, right? What's beneath all of this? Right. It's the Writers Guild acknowledging their power base. That's right. And starting exactly. to flex their power. That's exactly. Right. So this whole lawsuit thing. It's bringing us all together. Right. It's, 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 exactly. It's a trip. Yeah, well, you it's, know what? It's, I'm circling the wagons. I'm yeah. like, you're the oil folks. Yeah. They're just drilling. As right. soon as you realize that. You know, it doesn't turn you into a dick, yeah. but it means you don't take any shit right. either, right? And you mm. shouldn't have to. The one should be offering you shit, and you shouldn't have to take any shit. Right. Yeah. Simple. So everybody yeah. respect everybody. Yeah, because there's that guy who wrote a he. It was in Variety, I think, on Friday. This oh, that guy, dude. This guy named um, Shalom Auslander was making mm-hmm. this complaint. He was like, "The guy's negotiating, you know, are, are, don't work anyway." And I, I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> 
Chris Kaiser's got two shows coming out <laughs> right now. Right really? now, John August. Yeah, they got shows really? coming out right now. So you <laughs> Billy know, Ray, really? And he's sitting, he's sitting there it's with a tactic. He's sitting there with one credit, and right. I'm just like, but what the fuck, tactic. man? Yeah, it's a I'm tactic. like, it's a try and divide and conquer. The problem yeah. is. The one thing you always always forget about, the reason you try to make us sign these NDAs is because you know, what do we do most besides write? Talk to each other. <laughs> exactly. Right? We, writers hire writers. Writers hire writers. Yes. Every show's hiring, every show runner on right. TV certainly is a writer. They yeah. came up through the ranks for the most part. They're not legacies. They, they were somebody's junior at some place mm-hmm. for years. And we know how the game works. Right. We know what it costs you. We know what you got to do. We know how to be and how not to be. And we know what the struggle is of the new writer coming in because all of us were that person. Now, there are some that aren't empathetic, but that's a tiny percentage. How do we know? Because 90-something percent of us said, you know what? You got to start treating us right. Or right. So that little right. 4 or 5% that's on your team, mm-hmm. God bless them. Nobody's yeah. mad at them. Everybody gets to have their own opinion. But mm-hmm. you know what a democracy is? A democracy. <laughs> and our democracy voted this way. Right. So some of them are unhappy. So what's the aftermath? The aftermath is this. The, the big four agencies... And I don't mind talking about this. We're going over. Okay. But I don't mind, because you always like, why can't it be longer? So I'm like, y'all should be doing your, three-hour podcasts, man. On your episode, we, we just going to go long. The big four, Take that, Lisa. The big four. <laughs> Take that, Lisa. Wow. <laughs> See, all of this is just spite at Lisa Bolacaja. I'm not with them on that. I'm not with them. I believe in you, really. I believe in Santa Claus and Lisa Bolacaja. Uh, you got to pick one, bro. Uh, Santa Claus is credible. <laughs> but I've seen Lisa. I haven't seen Santa. I haven't seen Lisa. Okay. I don't know Lisa. Uh, all right, Not so, on social media as Lisa, so there's Thing. It's a very, she, yeah, it's a very reasonable Twitter. request. She is See, I'll, I'll Although she's, like she hasn't been, he hasn't, never mind. That's a whole other thing. Um. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff swirling around, but the b- basic core issue is uh, the big four agencies and a couple of slightly smaller ones have been both co-opted by hedge funds, so they're now sort of publicly owned companies, which was a foolish move, mm-hmm. uh, and they're forming their own production companies. Uh, uh, which also is a conflict of interest. And they've been taking these massive uh, uh, packaging fees, which don't translate to the their client. They just get these things mostly, often, more than the person who created the show. The agency gets a huge, much bigger percentage of the profits of the show than the person who made up the show and runs the show. I mean, so I mean, it's, it, a, it, 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 I mean it's set up in a way where... The, the the fee they take out of every episode is more than what the writers that's, pay for that it's episode. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, so, but regardless of, and I always, I'm, and as you've seen and heard on the show, I get excited. Mm-hmm. So I always try to make everybody remember I'm not always excitable. It's a very simple situation. <laughs> uh, regardless of all the personalities, who's mad at who, all of that, who cares? You don't get to make money if I don't make money. Right. You don't get to make any more money off of my work that isn't coming out of a cut of the money that you got me or you negotiated for me because that's your job. Anything above that is a conflict of interest. It is also illegal, which the personality of writers over the last 50-odd years has led you to believe that it's okay to do it even though it's illegal. But this is a new brand. It's like it was Langston Hughes, I am the new Negro. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a different kind of board negotiating for us. We have a different set of writers who know, who are savvy about the internet, savvy about business. Because they're like, well, why did you guys wait 43 years before you ever even It took a minute to get- Because we needed a savvy group to say, fuck you. We needed people who understand the same concepts the same way. So if you could see my face right now, I look pretty frosty. This is my frosty face. (laughs) I'm not mad at anybody, okay? But what's going to happen is the agents will divest of these things. Mm. They will split off their- uh, you can still be an agency, but you can't also be 
a production company. Right. You can't be a studio and an agency. So whatever parent company owns you can own both those entities, but there can be zero cross-pollinization between those two things. Right. That's the law. So if you force us to take you- But a manager can do that though, right? Manager's trajectory, we said this on the show before, the trajectory of a manager is different. One, they're not regulated by the state. Mm-hmm. The manager, I can be a manager. I'm now Hilliard's manager. All Hilliard has to do is say, yes, you're my manager, I'm his manager. They are restricted in a billion ways an agent isn't, but they're also free in a billion ways an agent isn't. Mm-hmm. And the trajectory of a manager ultimately <clears throat> is to become your producing partner in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like, not automatically, but it's a more logical progression. They've been with mm-hmm. your career the whole time. In theory, they know your goals and your desires better. You can trust them to go implement things. They're that kind of producing mm-hmm. partner, right? Not automatic. There's some shady stuff going on with some of these managers I've been hearing from my little friend. Uh, People are trying to take control of their properties and own their IPs with them and stuff, and that's illegal, so stop it. But with the agents, they're state-regulated. There's a whole bunch of things that they're required to do that they are in breach of. So we tried it the soft way. Look, guys, we got a code of conduct. Just sign the code of conduct. It's very simple. Anyone who's honorable and, and, and reasonable would simply sign this. It just means you're not gonna fuck us. You promise not to fuck your clients. That's what the code of conduct is. Right? No, I got to keep fucking you. No. I have to keep well, fucking see, you. Because, when you say fucking, no. what exactly right, do you mean? Exactly. No, I think it's pretty clear. It's don't fuck us. But, but we're not taking your 10%, so I don't see why it affects you. I'll let all. you know when I'm fucking you. Because so what I'll, happens, I'll let you know. What has happened like, is no. they didn't think we were serious. They didn't think we were able to come together. They kept trying to run the clock out on it, and that didn't happen. The, the man, what the, like the, five hours before they were like, Oh, well, here's your yeah, but we'll even, give you 1%. See, and the thing is, we're all <laughs> snarky, the internet makes everybody snarky. <laughs> but the bottom line is this we've been trying to negotiate this stuff for a while, we try to play in good faith for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And they kept delaying and delaying. Oh, why are you even mad about this? All this kind of stuff. We love our clients, all that stuff, blah 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 blah. We don't care about that. Here's what you're doing, here's what you need to stop doing. This is illegal, this is legal. Not, there's no conversation. There's no mm-hmm. debate. There's no negotiation. What they kept thinking was they were going to massage their way out of it or right. we were going to lose some steam. And I say, we are the new Negroes this time. It ain't, that, <laughs> it ain't that kind of party. We tried it the soft way. You tried to play it smart. Your slick little way. That didn't mm-hmm. work. So we're taking you to court, which you will lose because you're already in breach of the law. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter what our desires are. You've broken the law yeah, by doing see, these things. See, to, to, to me, the issue <clears> is, is that... Wait, I'm sorry. Okay. So the fallout will be this. There'll be a moment of what people are describing, some people in the press that are seemingly apparently owned by the, the <laughs> exactly. management companies, the, the agencies. Deadline. They're <laughs> describing it as chaos. Right. But what is actually occurring is this. We've cut out a middleman. Now, in my world, in Jeff's world, the writers will wake up and realize the middleman is technically no longer required at all. Uh, if I was on that negotiating board, they'd be a lot more scared of us mm-hmm. because I would be able to say to our, our constituency, we now have within the Writers Guild a means by which I can directly approach a showrunner's office with my work. I can present my work. So if anyone's looking, they have my categories and they have examples of my scripts. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I need a manager for that a lawyer can, or, or, or an agent for that a lawyer can't do at this point. Because mm-hmm. if he or is running a show and I'm a brand new writer, but I've got the right boxes ticked. He goes mm-hmm. to the WGA, tack, tack, tack. Oh, there's 17 writers that write this kind of stuff. There's a new service that we right? have now, too. There's another thing that the, DG, that the WGA is doing where, in addition to that, mm-hmm. there's also a list of, hey, here are the new pilots written by our membership that are up this year, this month. Come check them out if you're of a mind. Now, maybe it won't be the showrunner that does that. Maybe it'll be the showrunner's assistant or mm-hmm. somebody like that. But somebody other than an agent will be involved in this, and it'll be writer to writer. And, and well, there's lists going out. There's a there's an LGBT list. There's a right. black list. There's a all women's of that, list. All of that all stuff. Stuff, all of that's happening, right? And it's all because the internet makes this possible and easy, right? 
So the smaller agencies, the, the let's call the big four or five the A team, even though I don't really think that, mm-hmm. the B team and below, a lot of those people have already signed the code of contact, but they're not out to fuck their clients. They're doing it the way that it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. I get 10%, I work really hard, mm-hmm. and if I have five of you and I get 10% of you, I'm actually kind of earning the same as each one of right. you is because I've got five of you. And that's my thing. I'm the, I'm the agent. Mm-hmm. So what will probably happen is some super big guys will go FICOR where it doesn't matter to them one way or the other because right. they're already multimillionaires and basically there's limited participation in all union stuff, right? right? But they don't need it anyway because they're crazy rich. They got an island off of, <laughs> exactly. off of Florida they own, whatever. <laughs> they, you know, whatever. The rest of them will either d- dissolve into the, the B team level, elevating them to A team, but with code of conduct in right. place. A team will have to make a choice. Like I said, either try to do it this way, which is illegal, and get broken up by the federal government eventually under the RICO laws. Again, this doesn't have to be us suing you. You're already in breach of RICO, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, (laughs) You don't want the, let me put it like this, Trump won't be in office forever. Eventually, the eye of Sauron will swivel in your direction, (laughs) okay? And when it does, what happened to Al Capone will happen to your ass. It won't have anything to do with us, okay? You're already in breach. Ask your lawyer friends. Because um, we, we were threatening. Because we did. Kind of what did they say? We got lawyers on our team. I'm like, do you understand how many lawyers are now writers? You better get a grip. Whatever. Again, that's snarky. Mm-hmm. So what will happen is once it all shakes out, a whole bunch of people who would never have met have met. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of baby writers who would have never met showrunners have met them. Yep. A whole bunch of showrunners. People are being staffed off Twitter. Off Twitter. Right now. So what is being pointed out? Because they go, here's what type of writer I am. And somebody right. go, oh, I need that. Right. Send me your script. I got people reading my script that Literally. I couldn't get right now, that I couldn't get the time of day from, not because they were being standoffish, but there's too many filters in the way. Right? Because uh, they post this shit on people Twitter. People post shit up on Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I wasn't the <laughs> that thing. you gave me a boost. Thank right. You. Latoya mean, Morgan, yes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, right, they, Okay, <clears throat> there's a thing called Adopt a Writer. Where I can just randomly grab a writer whose work I've read, and I've got fifteen thousand followers on Twitter, many of whom are other writers mm-hmm. of a higher, you know, showrunner types or big producer types, or just in my follower category. Hey, have you read so and so's work? You need to, right. which I was doing kind of anyway, mm-hmm. but now it's very collective and pointed. And like you say, it's broken in sometimes into categories. Uh, there's also one for assistance now, right? right? And what is being we ain't playing? I sent you that. Just and like what's great about it is they're mm-hmm. expecting. You know, the town runs on fear. Fear and greed. Fear and greed. What they're finding out is, though, is that writers are weird. So all that stuff's in play. Mm -hmm. But we just kind of like other writers, right? (laughs) And also, nobody helped most of us who are in positions starting out. So anyone who can sort of reach out to someone who's deserving. Like I said, I'm not nice. I know a lot of people whose scripts I'm not (laughs) passing on. Not because you're bad, but maybe you're not ready. And I'm burning a favor when I do it. Mm -hmm. So I have to also look good when I pass your script on, right? So the next time I pass on another script, they want to hear it from me, Mm -hmm. right? So you got to understand how that works. Not everybody passes on all of my scripts either. I write a particular kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I'm not right for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what has happened is a union has become an actual union. When I think it was much more of a guild before, and now it's turned itself into a union. Mm. So <laughs> the fallout will be there will be a little bit of consternation, some legal, some legal wrangling back and forth, and either the big four will do what's necessary or they won't. But what they're going to find the longer they play it out is they'll become less relevant. Right? Because the function of an agent, you can be a great agent or a crappy agent, but the base function of an agent can be done by anyone who had an agency. Let me just say something. Here's something interesting. I think they figured out over people who were staffed, I want to say it was like 70-something percent 
75% basically said they got their jobs without their agent. That is correct. Mm. I, I got my job without my agent. I've you gotten all my jobs without agents. Agents. You said that forever. Yeah. And mm. so what I'm saying is, so imagine Jeff gets one of his shows picked up. Right. right. It's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, please, God, let that happen. one of his shows picked up, right? Let me run my show, man. Let's just, let's just roll with what it was before. Let's just play the scenario. Brother Jeff. Just let's just play. Brother. Yeah, okay. That's all I'm saying. Just let's just play the scenario, right? Reach out to, bro. So you, get, you, get, you get one of your badass. You get reached out to anyway already. You don't even know how, how much reaching is going to get done. <laughs> just saying. You got, you got one of your badass shows picked up. Fair. Right? Okay. Right. Then uh, say you're with, I forget who you're with. But let's just say you were with I'm CAA. not. I have let's two managers and, an, and a lawyer. I don't right. even have any. Let's just needed. say you were with CAA. Right. He gets picked up. Well, what he doesn't know is that they have now said, great, so you guys are buying my client's thing? Great. Because what he does is go, because of the contacts he has at his level, he's already out there hustling. Right. So all they do, you always hear, we get it every day. Mm-hmm. Tell your rep to send me the thing. Right. Right? That's right. That's protocol. Right. That means you set it up. Right. Right? We so, like you. Tell your people to send exactly. us the script so it's official and legal. Right. Mm-hmm. So even though he has the show that he's going to sell, you Run it, you run it down the train, right? So, boom, it goes the, the way it's supposed to go. So, then come to find out he's on the set or he's, um, he's in a room, he's trying to work shit out, trying to figure out where they could save some money and gets the, the budget. It's like, where's $75,000? Yeah, what happened going? to my money for my show? Where? Not for me, but for my show. And your line producer's like, oh, that's your agent's package. package. And he's like, what? Wait, what? Like, that's how he discovered it. Yeah. You feel me? Okay. Literally, people all over see, the place. Am I am I right? That's, yeah, that's exactly. It. But, to, see, to an extent? but but the, it's not it's not even that. Is I mean I mean that's a lot of it. It's just that the type of like shirking of their duties and and putting their hand out. Like like I was at a meeting, uh, this big meeting at the Beverly Hilton, and uh, Mike Scully got up. You know who created the? Uh, not, it's Mike Scully, the, the, the guy who did behind. Um, yeah, Mike Scully gets up right, and he's like. I know this actor, and me and my wife approach him, and we say, this is a show we want to do. I know the network. I call the network. Hey, let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Boom. Network's like, good, 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 good. Everybody's on board. And his, his agency's like, well, we want our packaging fee. But you didn't package anything. You didn't package anything. Yeah. I packaged He I, came with the elements. So if anybody's getting I, a packaging I, I, exactly. fee, it should be me. Right. Now, <laughs> this where, now, so this is where it gets worse. He says to him, okay, so the shows go. I need some writers. Send me some writers uh, agency because you're, t- you're taking a packaging fee. Mm-hmm. He don't get no submissions from his own agency. What? He got submissions from the other top agencies, but he didn't give him his own agency. And he was like, y'all taking money mm-hmm. and, and they're not even putting up your own clients for my show that I'm at your place. And so he staffed it from, he was like, you know what, I just call, I call people mm-hmm. and say, who's my staff, who's my staff? And his whole staff was there, and he was like, and, and I wanted younger people in terms of like, you know, career, and he had this whole staff, and he was like, that, I want that for this. But, 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 but he didn't get that from his own people, and they're right. taking the money. Mm-hmm. So it was like, there's this whole level of like... It's a control mechanism. Yeah. They, they look at us, and I've said this on the last time we, were, we talked about this. The one point of sympathy, if I'm going to call it sympathy, empathy that I have for the show, the, these big agencies is they're huge. They think of each individual writer and each individual performer, director. We're their employees from their point of view. Mm-hmm. So they're really kind of shocked that we would buck this way. They've forgotten what the actual relationship is. I don't care if you're Tom Hanks's agent. You're my agent today while I'm sitting in the office. And whenever, <laughs> right? You take a cut of my money, therefore you work for me. Mm-hmm. You may also work for Mr. Hanks. That's fine. But- 
you work for me, and if you're not working for me, you're in breach of contract. Right. And since there's 100,000 of me that you're in breach of contract with, you're breaking the law because it's intentional, and that law is the RICO law. It's a RICO code. You're trying, to cre- you're trying to get around governmental oversight to make money you're not earning by secret deals. Right. That, kickbacks that, that and, kickbacks and, and things and that punish and practitioners and, and, and monopoly. It's, right? you know, and it, it exerts control it's, 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 over it's, those practitioners also the, because of what Chris just described. The, and the, 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 I will restraint not, of trade. Right. And it's, it's illegal restraint of trade. It's a bunch of things, right? They have a choice to make, but it's the same choice they had to make 20 years ago. Um, follow the law. Don't follow the law. Don't follow the law. There will be consequences. Uh, we are not streetwalkers. You may want to be pimps, but you ain't <laughs> our pimps. And uh, there's an ego component that gets people all want to stand on chairs. Right now, they're in the phase of we want to we want to divide and conquer. The problem is you can't divide with five percent versus ninety five percent. We're locked, dude. It's a very very simple, very very simple equation. You're breaching your contract in these four ways. Stop breaching your contract and everything's Jake. Keep breaching your contract and your ass will be in court at least. Some of you might go to jail over this. You have to stop it. Mm-hmm. You literally, not Jeff saying it, who's this fucking guy I never heard of? You literally have to stop it. It's <laughs> illegal. Okay, stop. Or the government will make you stop. And when they make you stop, some of your asses go to jail. Right. Real jail, yeah, not yeah, fake, yeah, crazy there's, jail. There's so, much, there's so many stories that I, there's so many stories that were filtered among, that the, they put <clears> on a Writers Guild site that the, the audience, the public doesn't know. Like, like there were stories about how like certain certain networks, you know, were like were balking about um, the, like like paying the packaging fee, and then and then certain of these and certain of these big four agencies were like, if you're gonna balk, no client is right. gonna get material right. to your agency. I mean, you know, not I mean to, to your to your network. To your network, or I mean, studio. yeah, like just, yeah. Just, just you're not gonna get it. And this mm-hmm. guy like for a whole year. You know, like for instance, like William Morris would send no yeah. projects, like at all, to you know, let's say like Lifetime. They just you get nothing, and it's like, what the fuck You're is that off. shit? You You're know, cut off, kid. You, you know, there's that shit. Mm-hmm. There's the shit about like you know the whole thing they were saying about the the production companies would be like, um, it's like the old studio system. They're it, literally it, trying to recreate the, the old studio system. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's happening again now because Netflix is trying to. Open theaters and well, that's uh, that's Mr. Spielberg's fault. He was talking too much. Okay, <laughs> he's mad at them because the game's changing, and they came up with a way that was outside the normal rules mm-hmm. that isn't illegal. But he's like, "Well, why would it get blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Okay, well, we got money. Let's just buy a couple of theaters and now yeah. shut up, Stephen." Yeah. Well, if you hadn't said anything, they might not have made that move. Right. So talk more. I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, well, you got to say he's old school, and that's an old way of thinking. Right, it's become antiquated. You got to live in the now, man. Yeah, but, now. No, but well, there is, but to a certain degree, it's like okay, that's great that that those guys will have theaters because I I think I, I sure because to me I think that, that ultimately his desire is go to the theater more. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, no, he, he wants to hold on to. He's holding the on. The theater's becoming a, a structure, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because it costs too, too much. It, well, it's right. the way they're trying to price people it's, out. Well, well, see, see, to me, I say just a kind of side note. But the thing, I, I think, the issue with the, with the with the theater people is what they would really benefit from would be if they did some sort of tiered pricing. So, like. You know, I'm not going to ha- make you pay seventeen dollars to see Roma, right? I'm, it, as but uh, but you're paying seventeen to see to see the Avengers: Infinity War. 
You know, because people people might say, I don't want to, you know, pay. But what who, what what will create that criteria? I don't know. And, and the, the bottom line is, they have to bring the sales, the ticket sales down. And you that's guys what I'm saying. They have, this, they, right? have to, they have to they have to bring that price down. What America at least doesn't make the little movie or the medium sized movie anymore. You know who does? Amazon and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do we get big directors from? The medium sized movie, the little yeah. movie. Right. If you're only making freaking tentpole movies that cost four hundred and fifty million dollars just to make them, that's before the marketing kicks in, Crazy. which is another four hundred million. Dollars, it has to clear a billion just to break even, <laughs> right? Where's your medium sized movie? This is go- this is a dead end road, right? Well, yeah, well, but see, here comes well, Netflix, yeah, and Netflix Amazon. which is great. I mean, but to me, but I think there's, I'm, I, you know what? This is something else that I heard. They, they, they this hasn't been in the papers, but there's someone was saying this at the Guild meeting is that they make the agencies make producers pay them a retainer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so studios too so mm-hmm. if you want access to our clients regardless if they say yes to the movie Rico then you still wow. gotta pay like us like I money. said that's extortion now that. and then they also putting up this they getting this money early so I it, 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 to me we was having this discussion with, with Rachel at one time on the way out. I was like sometimes I feel like part of the reason why there's not like medium sized movies here is because if you had to pay an extra ten percent on because the agency wants ten percent of, of the of the money like like early in the waterfall, certain movies you're gonna say no to because you're like, you know what, that ten percent is the profit. I don't it's not worth the effort. I don't yeah. want to beat up on hedge funds because a hedge fund is a hedge fund. It's got it's it's set up what it's supposed to do. We're about to make our clients a bunch of money in mm-hmm. these particular diverse investments, blah, 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 blah. But as soon as you uh, sell your private company to a hedge <laughs> fund, you're beholding to the uh, shareholders, you're not beholding to your clients because your clients become an asset that made you attractive to your shareholders. Mm. So all of those people who are at CIA are no longer clients; they're assets, which is how they're being treated. Right. But the relationship that you signed up for contractually, the fiduciary money flow relationship, is you are you work for me. Mm. You're I'm your client. You're like my lawyer works for me, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah, I can't think of too many law firms that are. Uh, fueled by, by, you know, by hedge fund money. If my lawyer is also CAA's lawyer, and I get into a conflict with CAA, right. he can't represent me against CAA. It's mm-hmm. a conflict of interest. Right. Well, it's exactly the same relationship, which is nakedly so. And they've been living on the fact that writers, for the most part, in this business, of all of the different professions, they're considered. I don't know why this is the most disposable, the least important, especially in features. The director takes right. over and it becomes the director's show. Producers would rather, mm-hmm. most producers would rather never talk to a freaking writer. Oh, Jesus, here come the fucking writers, yeah. right? Like that. Okay. I don't know where this came from. I never felt this way. When I was an actor, I never felt this way. I would always thank the freaking writers. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for these beautiful things I get to say. No, but it's, you know what? You ask. You ask any writer, you ask any actor why they did something. <clears throat> it's usually not because of the money. No, it's the it's, it's the, the words. Script. You can get an actor. The you s- can get an actor oh, with yeah. a good I, script. I did a good oh, script. Yeah. That that and it's and you know what? And it's like I mean, it's probably like that with directors too. It's like, hey man, I want to shoot this. I want to be in this involved in this movie. Yeah. You know, yes, you maybe want the payday, but the payday. 
you know, doesn't, I mean. We're talking about people. When you're talking about big stars like that, yeah, the it's big, the script. It's the script. It has to be. Because you know what? They don't need the money or they're going to do the big the Marvel movie and get their big money to mm-hmm. pay for their house. And then they're going to go and do shit they want. Or and they want to be yeah, Captain yeah, America. Like, they're, you, you can't undersell, you can't oversell this stuff. No, right? you, well, you, you can't because you get to be the god on screen. Yeah, There's nothing I'm wrong with Thor, that. Man. You know? and, I'm and, Thor, man. And, I'm mean, Thor. I mean, to me, I, to me, I think it's this. It doesn't matter where you are in the the history of the 20th century mm-hmm. and the early 21st century. Writers are always a lot more. Um, uh, there's a type of fragility to the work that that type of fragility you have to have to do the work to make it good. Right. That that people have people who are in that position of the agencies have figured out here's how I can exploit you because right. you know what you are you are not going to. Uh, um, raise such a stink because I'm paying you for and something. And they never that, do. They always know, yeah, they, 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 the, they never do. The culture I mean, that you know, came out, and this again, knowing your history, even though we got rid of the studio system, the culture that came out of the studio system was made by the studio system. So the way business was done in terms of producer versus writer versus director versus all that stuff, all those systems were put into place during the studio system. We just don't have like four guys deciding everything. That's the only thing that changed, mm-hmm. right? But the infrastructure so, was still established. Right, so the culture of being a writer in Hollywood was don't rock the boat, basically. And it's the same thing that happens with anything. Anything becomes more diverse. You add in women, you add in gay people, you add in people of different min- minority backgrounds, d- different ethnicities overall. It used to be pretty homo- uh, uh, it used to be pretty homogenous. Now it's heterogeneous. And there's a whole bunch of people that just I'm not the one for that. There's just a whole bunch of people like I am not the one for this kind of shit. As you said before, a lot of us have been places that didn't add up to this life we're living. Mm-hmm. So when I were in this life, when I stood up in the in the guild that time, I said they're just pimps. Mm-hmm. And half the people are, oh, that's amusing. I'm like, you think I'm kidding? They're acting like pimps. Now these you can pe- be. Yeah, these yeah. are people who, who probably don't know anything what, about that they culture. Think pimp but, means but, whatever. But, but what Snoop Dogg told them a pimp, <laughs> right? And I'm like, you're either a streetwalker or you're an escort that right. runs their own house, right? You're either a contractor mm-hmm. who runs their own little business and moves around. That's the escort. Right? Yeah, healthcare. Right? <laughs> you got, a, got a 401k. Right? You don't you know, have to work the street. Right? You just you gotta go have to the hotel. Pimp. You don't have a pimp. You have a bouncer that works for you. Exactly. Okay? Right? There's collective bargaining. All of that, that's escort. Streetwalkers get their asses kicked. Right. All of their money gets taken from them. They get told where to go, who to be with, how to be with them. And mm-hmm. if they got a squawk, they get a smack. That's how these guys are treating you. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not the one for that. Please try that shit with me. <laughs> Please. I've had a conversation from time to time where I've got lawyers. And I'm like, yeah, I got lawyers too. Let's go. And people <laughs> always back down because they don't think you're going to bark back at them. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, these guys might not back down, but they're about to get spanked. Well, yeah. Okay. See, I mean, look. The, the 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 reason why they don't want to back down is, you know, the the thing that's crazy. I mean, they're kind of like um, they're kind of like these founders of like startups in a sense because the type of the type of payday mm-hmm. they're getting. Sure. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, they're billionaires. But see, here's the thing: everybody, like, say, at William Morris, mm-hmm. is not a partner, right? And right. therefore, I mean, I mean, all the agencies are so right. the top guys. So, like. When that guy who killed the journalist, from this, the Saturday Evening guy who killed the journalist, mm-hmm. he puts $400 million into William Morris's pocket, and he only buys 10% of the company. Right. Then that's telling you it's a $4 billion valuation. That means those top five or 10 guys who own it are now going to get $400 million when that buys out. Mm-hmm. $400 million is, 
I might slaughter a whole bunch of people type of money. Yeah. And be that's cool a lot about of money. it. Right. I might kill a lot yeah. of people and not and care not about care. it because it's a lot of fucking money. Get my island and, and I'll be and, good. I mean, I'm good. <laughs> right. and, but the, <clears throat> this is another thing oh, 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 we tried to stress this, in the this, last this, time we say, talked to, about to, this. I'm going to say one last thing. And even though Ari Emanuel said he gave that money back to the to the Saudi guy. Sure. Where's the bank transaction? Let me see the books, baby. I didn't see it. I, you work for me. Let me see those books. So yeah. until I see and it, not I don't, showing ain't nobody showing anybody so any books because they know what's it, up. Maybe you just, you know, or coming back. Two <laughs> things. Nobody's mad at their individual agents, by the way. Okay. Oh, no. I love my People, agent. Uh, yeah. We've seen the writers all over the place. I love my personal agent. Mm-hmm. I've been working with, with Sheila or Jonathan or whoever for... 10 years, five years, they've helped me and mm-hmm. I respect them and I love them. I hate to put them in this position. Right. They need to talk to their bosses, okay? Their bosses are screwing them, not us, okay? The other thing is, if I'm Jonathan or Sheila at that agency, I'm making some quick calls to my friends at the agency and to my clients that love me to hell with this agency. Let's start our own. Tom Hanks, you like working with me, don't you? Right. You don't really need it to be a- CAA, do you? <laughs> no. We've been working together 10, 15 years, right, brother? Let's go. Mm-hmm. Guess what happens to CAA after that? They, be, they drop down to B team at best, and my never existed before agency has Tom Hanks at the front of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm at least B plus team automatically. Wow, this the, so the right? of power. Right. It'll shit. just become more diffuse, right? Well, you, and it'll go back to the way it should yeah, be. Yeah, because the, the, thing that, the thing that, you know, there was a bunch of books that have come out in the last 10 years. Uh, there's, like, there's like Michael Ovitz's biography mm. came out, and it's like you see how in the late 90s or the, the early 90s, the agencies took a grab of the power in the industry and they consolidated it and they've controlled it in a way that has really harmed a lot of the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was all this talk. I remember when Jim Carrey got $20 million for, for Cable Guy mm-hmm. and everyone was like, oh my God, that's going to ruin the fucking industry. And to a certain degree, it perhaps has. In a different way than they thought. But you think of it this way, right? It, like... You know, when Batman came out in 89, like the cost of that movie was a certain amount of money. That was, there wasn't like, there wasn't gangbusters right. the way that, you know, like it wasn't top of the, it, 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 it wasn't pushing the limits of what people would spend on a movie. It, it wasn't the GDP of, of African country. Right. Right. So, but, when, but what the agents, because of their own greed, pushed everything to this highest amount of value. And the thing is, is like, I'm not opposed to anybody getting their money. You know, like the deal, like when these people like Sandra Bullock sign on to do Gravity and they're mm-hmm. like, I'm taking this much money, but but I want my money here in in the waterfall and mm-hmm. then and then I get $100 million because because of where it was and I gave up this, fine. I don't have a problem you know, with that. Play yeah. the gamble with us. Yeah. Play the gamble right. with everybody. Right. Yeah, because you know what? It's a gamble for everybody. <laughs> That's but to, completely different. You know, but to say that, I want the pay or play deal. Give me the twenty million dollars before the, you know before we do right. anything. Or I'm not even listening. That's not the actor saying. No, that. that's that's the, the agent saying. Let me. Like, I keep putting this in criminal terms, and that's not an accident. At some point, <laughs> all the drugs, all the all the all the cocaine right. that everybody's always talking about. Marcos, I don't do any of this stuff. Melvin Marcos eventually got her ass caught, didn't you? <laughs> All that stuff was coming from uh, uh, Colombia, right. right? Coming up from Colombia. But in order to get here, it had to go through Mexico. Mm. Mexican mafia got big being the middlemen. They ran it, but they weren't making it. Right. And at some point, some smart player in the middle of all this went, well, wait, wait a minute. They can't get the coke into the U.S. unless they come through Mexico. Why are we working for them? Mm. Don't we control the pipeline? 
I don't care what they're doing down there. We don't have to grow nothing. But they're going to have to do a hell of a lot more to get through Mexico if right. they want their drugs in there. Me- Mexican mafia became the bigger deal. Right. Okay? That's what the Asians have done. <clears throat> That's exactly the same play the Asians have made. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk about pimps, and I'm going to be talking about drug dealers because it's exactly the same model. <laughs> it's product. And, right. And we are that product. Mm-hmm. The difference is we are an intelligent product. We are not oil. We are not <laughs> cocaine. We are actually a product with agency, and we make ourselves. We make the thing. Mm-hmm. We don't need them. I have two managers and a lawyer. I haven't had an agent for five years. So I'm one of the few people who isn't going to be directly smacked by the shifting and all this agent stuff. But what this shifting is proving to all of you writers out there, and I hope all you agents out there behave well, writers don't need you. If they just think a little bit more creatively about their careers, they literally don't need you. So you, you should be making yourselves attractive to us. We shouldn't be dancing for you. And that's it. I know you don't want to hear it like that because I'm just a little guy and I don't drive that car and I don't have that that uh, that jet that Learjet that can take me wherever and I'm not rolling. That one you, right? Well, that's not me, <laughs> right? I'm just a little guy that a lot of you, most of you've never heard of. I thought but, we were in your third house. Stop thing. it! <laughs> but those things are lying to you. Those things are lying to you. Those were cheats. You got that by cheating. The real deal is we're the oil. You're just drilling. And the ones that are going to survive this are the ones who understand that relationship and can play fairly with us. If you can't play fairly, your ass is out, I promise you. It may Mm. take a year, it may take five years, but this paradigm you've tried to build is gone. It's already gone. You're like a dinosaur who doesn't know he's dead. Damn. Okay, your brain has not received the information. (laughs) I'm trying to help you by telling you point blank, do it straight. The other way is so dark and ugly for you. Well, on that note, thank y'all. That's what's up. <laughs> you got that double whammy today, Carl. Yeah, man. See that? I have two punch. <clears throat> Where you at, Carl? Where can we find you? Uh, Mr. Carl Seaton. <laughs> <laughs> his first name. That's actually his first name. That's the joke. Mr. <laughs> my first name. <laughs> his parents were fooling around. I know, look. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, on, I'm not the most active social media person. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter. DMs are still trash I'm still trash (laughs) I still get the the trash questions This cat hit me the other day Like hey man I want to talk to you about You know acting Uh oh You know, acting <laughs> about like he's that's what he said. I get you know, that all the acting. time. I get that all the time. I said, Well, let me see some of your stuff. He said, That's what I want to talk to you about, man. Just put me in some stuff, we'll figure it out. Then I'll have some stuff. Wow. Yeah. Oh, god, DM it might be the same, motherfucker. Look, right? Could How be. You get this number. <laughs> DM, DM, DM game. Do you know, Shorty? Is this Shorty? This is one of Shorty's people giving Shorty? my number to people. Shorty, Shorty do what? You hot on them? I mean, because you want you want to help cats yeah. who just don't know, right? But some folks don't know and don't really have the wherewithal to seek out information or even be prepared when they step to you. Yeah. They think, they just take it for granted. Like, yeah, I can holler at you, so you're going to put me put on because I'm hitting you up like this. It's easy, ain't it? Oh, you got to put me in the movie. Just put me in the movie. I'll show you how dope I am. What's the hookup? I got that hookup. Where you at, Jeff? Uh, <clears throat> I changed my Twitter handle to Winterverse. It's shorter mm-hmm. and easier to remember. Uh, I think that's easier. Uh, JeffreyThorne.com, that's obvious. G E O F F R E Y T H O R N E, one word.com. All the other connections are there. Y- y'all know me. Don't follow my Twitter if, unless you're ready for bumps. <laughs> this, if this episode was any indication, you know what my Twitter's like. It's happy, but when it's not happy, you don't want to be there. Right. Unless you like that shit. Where you at, Chris? <clears throat> Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Right. Jasani? 
What are you? Jasani Drew? Yeah, and Twitter. Jasani Drew. Um, I can hear you, actually. This man's been dominating the conversation. I know, and you're still asking him to talk. <laughs> what up? <laughs> it's Jasani Drew. On Twitter, that's J-E-S as in Sam, A-N as in Apple, I, Drew. Now I hear his voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's me. Right. <laughs> he always goes, <laughs> like, okay. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's Visionary Alignment on Instagram. That's what's up. Cool. <laughs> and I'm your host, Hilliard Guess. <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guess. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. <clears throat> um, what was I going to say? Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Um, shout out to Lisa, wherever you is, doing your thug. There's Hi, a, Lisa. You know. She's real. I promise. <laughs> Lisa's not real. I believe in Lisa Bolacaja. <laughs> I believe in the idea of Lisa Bolacaja, but a real Lisa Bolacaja? She's on, the, she's on episode she tomorrow, too, it's a two-parter. She, oh, she'll be on that one? Okay. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's no coincidence that Lisa was the first computer that Steve Jobs made. I'm wow. saying, dude. That Lisa I think Bolacaja. Lisa's just a higher version of Siri, dude. Yo, blowing my mind here. She's a higher wow. version of Siri, I'll just you know? With you, Lisa. I know you're here. She's a hologram. I gotta see it to believe it, you know? <laughs> anyway, well, thank y'all for tuning in this long, extra ass two hours and 40 <laughs> minutes episode. <laughs> Shit. That's your job to edit. Put it all up as one, too. That's I'm gonna do it as one. one. I'm, I'm gonna do it as one. Yes. That's gonna make your morning. We're gonna I'm have, we're, commute right there. There. We're gonna have six people there. listen to this episode. No, I'm telling you. If you build okay. it, they will come. Wow. Right. I'm telling you. I'm, okay. telling you. I'm telling you, you know, because I, I love listening to Tim Ferriss's. Uh, yeah. uh, podcast mm-hmm. and there, there's are usually two hours, like two hours. You no, know? Joe Button his podcast three hours. Brilliant idiots, two and a half, easy. Right. All right, and you just consume it. You got your marching orders here. We'll see. We'll do it. Throw it up there. Let it we'll ride. We'll do it every once in a while. Okay. But you I'm, all, gonna, I'm not, gonna do it for you. You, you built up enough cachet that you can do this, man. <laughs> and your your followers gonna be like, okay, oh, damn, I'm down. They're gonna with Endgame, right? Three hours point three point two hours. I'm ready. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I'm. About that later. Wow You better not hate on my end game You can also check us out On our what Chris Our Patreon page Please come and, and find a, uh, uh, a tier you like You know what if you, if, you, if, you, if you have a tier you want to see Send us a question Oh. And an email And we'll mm-hmm. put it up there and, and figure out What that would be And then yeah. you know We, we do still that. gotta come up With some t-shirts man Oh yeah we You know what Yeah um, <clears throat> You know I'm working on it this What's week What's your logo I don't even remember It's my um, Oh yeah yeah I'm working on it this oh, week Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, people yeah, yeah. keep asking when you get out of teacher. I'm like, bitch, well, when I feel like it. Um, <laughs> no, like so. Huh? Well, no, you know what? Poly blend. <laughs> There'll be t-shirts uh, in, for next week. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll have next t- t-shirts next That's week. That's what's up. Um, I need an extra small for my little girlish figure. Wow. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up, bitch. If I was built like you, I'd be an actor again. <laughs> You already coming down. I see you looking all good. <laughs> It'll happen when they tell you you got type 2 diabetes. Damn. <laughs> you get your shit together fast like, when they give you that. <laughs> I got to clean this shit up. <laughs> I'm trying to stay alive, man. I got stuff to do. Why they remind me of that Chris Rock thing? Is that I took my AIDS test, got a 65. <laughs> <laughs>
That's crazy. That's a little outdated now, but you know. No, it still works. Anyway, that's just funny. Man. I'm, I'm a gay man. That shit's funny. For me. <laughs> <laughs> that's just funny. Um, anyway, well, thank y'all, man. This is cool. Thank you, Carl. Oh, yeah, we put, we're very Always proud of you out there. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Killing it, making us look I'm really good. I'm about to go back through my catalog and pull out all your episodes. Yeah, eloquent motherfucker out there. Doing it for the brothers And you doing a lot of white shows Which I like too Yeah man You know yeah. shit they don't expect you to do Which yeah. I appreciate Yeah I, I always like the uh, <clears throat> Fly Fridays Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, You didn't You did, you did oh, follow yeah. him on Twitter You did follow <laughs> yeah. him I mean on uh, Instagram Yeah, yeah. so yeah. like on, on the Fridays When he's shooting He comes in Looking Clean. He dressed like, like a suit Clean as fuck I need to shake And a suit You know suits That's right You know pocket squares Sometimes I'm like oh shit Let's make a movement He ain't wrong I'm with it I'm trying I'm trying That's the moment That's the movement y'all That's the goal man that 1960s cool back Yeah That's right It's a true You walk on set It's always It's a true You walk on set And wardrobe be like Oh damn! Okay, okay, okay. Like, I see oh, how we we're playing. following that. We're I got, I got a stylist that does this with me. He, yeah. This is his passion. Nice. His passion is fashion. I'm like, nice. he took my measurements. I'm like, listen, man, we have a trust now. I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever. You, listen, I need a suit. <laughs> he said, I have it for you. What day you need it? I need on. I need a Thursday. Got it. I don't mm-hmm. go through color schemes. Yeah. I need trust. a suit. All he he shows up. I'm like. Oh, that was pretty dope. All right, so yeah, I don't even have it. Uh, that's cool. That's nah, good. Young brother too. So Mill Mil the Trail, he's he's dope. Nice, man, so. awesome. That's what I say. Hey, yeah. promote his ass. Promote him. Oh, absolutely. Um, cool. Well, everybody joining me, y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody. Two thousand and nineteen. And Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red So you wanna be a rider? Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Red room, red room.